Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Introversion Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Obi Onyejekwe. And Obi and I have uh, known each other for a while. We have an interesting sort of work-related history. I think we first met technically through Guilt Group uh, Mm -hmm. indirectly via emails. But uh, we first met in person, I think, when we were working together at BET, of all places. And uh, so we worked together there. We became friends. And we've we've had a lot of interesting conversations over the years. Interestingly enough, not about race really so much or anything like that or the stuff that we're going to talk about today. But, you know, we've talked a lot about work and entrepreneurialism and business and uh, dating and uh, relationships and and priorities and life and all that stuff, fun stuff. So, but today uh, I'm really uh, stoked to have him on uh, because I know he posts a lot on Facebook, a lot of, especially I've noticed it lately since the George Floyd murder uh where he sent me a bunch of links and i uh checked out most all of it and uh we're going to get into some of that stuff that we discussed before we get started i just want to say like we're probably going to disagree on a lot today but i wanted to start out by saying a few things that we i assume we agree on but obi can confirm that we agree on you know these things just that we can um at least have a uh not that, not that it will be completely contentious, but that there are certainly things we agree on, even if it might seem like there's a lot of things we disagree on. But uh, the first point is slavery, uh, and that it happened, and that it was atrocious. Uh, I think we can all, I think we can all mm-hmm. agree on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that this country, the United States, has an ugly history of racism since the very beginning. Police brutality is a problem, and it needs to be dealt with. And uh, regardless of your race, you can make something of yourself in America. And we both love Jane Elliott, who is uh, the teacher. I don't know if you remember. She's the one you sent me. The teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would you agree? Those five yeah. things like we. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So then there was uh, another subset here where I think it's a maybe category. So maybe we agree on these things. So that racism has always existed and most likely will always exist in some form, but that's not an excuse for apathy. We should all be working toward a less racist world. And perhaps there's some debate though, as to what this picture would look like. Um, My views are every person should be judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And we'll get into that at the end, hopefully today, where we talk about sort of our, uh, each of our ideal visions for the future of America and uh, the world at large, you know, what that sort of perfect vision might be, even if we don't get there, sort of what we're striving toward. Secondly, there are numerous complex problems. Uh, Unfortunately, most of the rhetoric and dialogue out there is too simplistic and Mm -hmm. one-dimensional. And there's unfortunately a lack of real tangible solutions to the real problems that uh, every American faces. Mm -hmm. So third point is... A black American is better off today than 50 years ago, and certainly 100 years ago and 200 years ago. So clearly there's at least progress in the right direction. Uh And the last point here under the maybes list is anyone of any race can be racist. Racism is not limited to just white people. I definitely disagree with that one, but we'll break it down. You do disagree? I do disagree because um, there's two definitions of racism that People don't. So I think every, I think most people, especially white people, understand the first definition. The second definition is where people get it wrong. 
It's the systemic or uh, so what's the what's the first just to lay it out for us. What's so the first? First is like, you know, um, the basic of, you know, um, I don't like you Your because majority. you're black. I, yeah, it's strictly based off that race or or really color, because ultimately we're all the human race and race is a construct um, developed by white America um, for for dealing with uh, black people during slavery. But. Then the second part is the institution. So the reason why, and it's funny, I remember when I was a kid watching the first real world and that what the guy, David, said it in the first real world. And I didn't get it. I didn't get it. it, it it's, I remember when he said it and I was like, what? And when I looked it up, and this is around the time I think I was in high school and actually did, uh, took a history of African American history course. <clears throat> and I started to learn this because when you first hear it, you don't get it. It's the institution. So meaning the the worst part of racism, racism isn't like you hate me because I'm black. Who cares? If I own the banks, the corporations, the roads, the bridges, um, the, the politics, and I have the money, I could care less if you hate my skin color. I could care less. Because I own these corporations, you will never hurt me financially. That's the real suffering. If you want to come, well, you you would care if you were surrounded by a lynch mob, though. Like, yeah, but how often is that? How that's often? A good does, question. That's a good often, question. How often does a lynch mob from you know from what we've seen in the past roll up and truly get away with the murder that they did in the past? Right. Right. So. So my biggest fear, or most African-Americans' biggest fear, is that institution element. We're okay. not really worried about the Klan rolling up anymore. That, okay. We, we, we kind of, we not a thousand percent, but we kind of got that under, under control. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's the institution element that really holds us back. Because if you don't, if, if I can't get the right job, because of my race, I, that I can't, I can't feed my family. I can't pay my bills. I can't buy that home. I can't get that quote unquote American dream that you all talk about. I can't mm-hmm. invest in the stock market. I can't do any of those things. I'm not, then at that point, I'm not traveling. I'm not seeing the world. My kids aren't going to the best schools. You know, it's just that that's when the systemic kicks in. Now the problems are, are just, it's like a snowball effect in my life. So that's what, it really boils down to getting that fixed. Now, there are examples of the African-American community achieving that on their own in the past. There's a lot of them, from Tulsa to Rosewood and quite a few others. But then white America came and destroyed it. Um, So a lot of these African-American communities that you see, it's almost as if white America thinks that black people were always lazy, always shitty, and they built the projects by themselves, brick by brick, and put themselves in there. Now, who built those projects? Who? Yeah, like it's a governmental project. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So who, who created redlining to, to uh, prevent you from having the opportunity to grow and scale? So that's, that's why I would disagree with that um, point, is that there's two definitions of racism. I think white America just does not understand that second de- definition. Okay. So by when I said anyone of any race can be a racist. So mm-hmm. what you're saying is by disagreeing with that, you're saying it's impossible for a black person to be a racist. Pretty much because we don't own the institution. Like if, if, if I say, man, screw you, whitey, you know, and, and, and I don't like you. 
Who cares? You you own Coca Cola. You own these corporations. Like you, 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 it won't bother you that I hate you. I can't okay. well, systemically cause major damage. Major damage. You know. Okay, so you're saying. So you're okay. So you broke down racism as being like these two definitions. Yeah. But you're saying you're talking about the second one in terms of anyone can't be a racist in the second category. Yeah. The and first definition, anyone can be racist, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So the first definition, you could ultimately say the real definition of that is actually prejudice to prejudge. So that's actually the proper definition of that one. Because remember, it's almost like a mathematical equation where you need both formulas to, for it to be racist. If you take away the second part that I described, then it's prejudice. So yes, everybody, everybody, every, everybody's ultimately is prejudice. You know, yeah, oh, like, right. you know, I, so if, so I, if somebody comes along and if a white guy comes along and calls you the N word, mm -hmm. you're saying that's prejudice? Uh, it's most likely racist because he has the power. He's, he's benefiting from the institution. Okay. Okay. So let's yeah. say that, let's say a Mexican guy, a poor Mexican guy comes mm -hmm. up to you and calls you the N word. Is that prejudice? or is it's, that more, it's probably more prejudice. He's prejudging. Um, now, if, yeah, I would say that. <clears throat> yeah. Now, that can change. These definitions can change. The minute that Latin or Hispanic community really gains power, so the definition can't, like, let's say Black people, African-American people, like, blow up, and we're on, a, like, we, now we own roads and bridges, and we really dominate the institution, then, yes, then you can officially say, <laughs> we call you whitey, you know, okay, that's, that's prejudice. Okay, so essentially what you're kind of getting at is this Marxist, this Marxist view. It's it's a society is structured based on the oppressed and the oppressor. That's your view on on so society whoever, as a whole? Yeah, I mean right now you're saying white people are at the top. I mean, is, yeah. yeah, I mean is that is that truly debatable? Right. Yeah. No, I mean right. So yeah, so white people are at the top, mm -hmm. but because of that, mm -hmm. they can't sorry no one else underneath them can be racist either toward white people or toward other races. You would Pretty rather much. use the term prejudice instead or of racism. other races. Yeah. Like, so if it, I mean, even it, 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 it's a, it's a gray line. Like let's say when you throw in the Asian community and the Indian community, it starts to become a gray line because the Asian and Indian community do benefit from it. They, you know, they're not treated the same way as African-Americans. So it is starting to become a gray line when you start to bring uh, bring up the Asian and Indian community and others uh, in that in that realm, um, because it's just not the same. Asians and um, Indians just are not treated the same. Hell, I'll give you this. Nigerians, Africans kind of a little bit don't get treated the same either. I mean, I remember a situation where I'm not going to name names. Those. Um, investor I talked to, um, interested in investing in my company. And mm -hmm. I think he said something along the lines of, yeah, you're Nigerian, right? Yeah, Nigerians are on point. Y'all get the money, da, 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 unlike the, the other. You know what I'm saying? Uh, referring to African-Americans. He looked on you more favorably because you were Nigerian. Yeah, exactly. 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 He knew our culture. Now, was he a black guy or a white guy? He's white. Yeah, he's white. Okay. So, and look, a lot of the views that you may even yeah, have I, now. Wouldn't that be a stereotype then? 
by your definition, that would be uh, pregnant. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, both. I mean, it's ultimately on another way of saying um, prejudice and stereotype, stereotype. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, um, you know, there was a time when I had more similar views to you until I took courses, you know, I, I took classes, you know, I know a lot of other Nigerians, we, we were, I mean, we were, we sounded a lot like you, you know, hell, I remember like I had friends that were like, dude, you're, you're, you sound very Republican. You sound very conservative. You know, it wasn't until. When did this the transition, transition occur? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, a lot of, yeah, a lot of what you're saying I, I had, I think the biggest transformation was because, you know, look, as you get older, you start to get more conservative, you're making more money, you're investing, and you start to have those views at, at you know, I think honestly working at BT, BT, yeah. working at BT surprisingly was, it, it stopped that train because that train was definitely going down a conservative route. Probably not. Hey, let's 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 stop right here because yeah. I do. I, this is like part of your story, and I want to yeah. hear that, like where you yeah, started yeah. out there. Yeah. Before we get off this topic of racism, because I think mm-hmm. this is a, is important that we set this standard as we move forward talking about racism this whole yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, your definition of racism it has that power uh, component. Yes, that, especially that, economic. That, most importantly, economic. Yeah. So power and economic economic power specifically, which leads to political. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so that is your definition of racism. I mean, that's the better the textbook definition. I mean, if you actually look yeah, it up, I, so you know, I, I have it in front of me right now, and I'm just yeah. going to read it for the audience here. So, mm-hmm. I did a search. It says prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against a person or people on the basis of their membership of a particular racial or ethnic group. Typically one that is a minority or marginalized. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Similar, the belief that different races possess distinct characteristics, abilities, or qualities, especially so as to distinguish them as inferior or superior to one another. Mm -hmm. So you're fine with that definition, but you feel like it's incomplete because it doesn't factor in the power component. I did. You you actually read it. Um, I think... uh... Uh, you, if you read well, it, almost, one line about marginalized. Yeah, right? that's that's that that's how how else do you marginalize somebody? But but by through well, economic means. That's the only know, way. I was marginalized, but mm-hmm. we'll get into that when I when I I think we'll probably circle back to this. Yeah. Once you tell your story, and specifically once I tell my story. Um, yeah. But okay, so we're cool with the definition there of racism mm-hmm. and your focus when it comes to racism is on the power angle uh-huh. and right now whites are at the top. Uh-huh. So it's racist. It can only, it's, it's, it's sort of one directional is how you're describing it. It's yeah. Because right. of that economic and political element, it is the most powerful element there is. Like I'm like, I'm telling you, if I own Madison Avenue and you hate me because of the color of my skin, you can't touch me. I got, I yeah, got, but, but what if you're like, what if you're like, what if you're like Oprah and you own, okay, you know, yeah, no, use her as an example. That's a, that's a great example. You could use her as an example. It's, it's a great one. Yeah. I mean, like she owns more than like the entire homeless white population of millions of people own in America. Oh, okay. So Oprah, let's break down what Oprah's power or strength truly is. 
you got to understand there are board members, there are teams of people that are involved in that, you could, you could say empire. Many, if not, I would say probably most likely most in that system are white. Hands down is, is white. The um, business partners that the business, you know, all, the business partners, the investors, everybody, I would say is most likely white. Okay. And on top of that, the audience that gives the power is mostly white. So why, is it, why does it matter what her audience is? Oh, like, it, if, it, I'm talking, oh if I'm just good, talking about her oh, network. Good question. good question. Really good question. Um, if your audience is most likely white, there's a good chance that when you say Black Lives Matter, they're like, uh-uh, we don't like this. We do not like this at all. Change this or we're gone. That's the difference. Now, if all my audience is Black and, fe- and, they, and they feel the same way I do, <laughs> game over. <laughs> there is no change or shut up or, or, or change your attitude or, or advertising dollars goes away. So are you I'm suggesting on. that Oprah, because she's surrounded by all these white business people and her audience is all white, that and she invested. Is, Remember, invest, the, the, the board members, all of that. So, but are you suggesting that she's under the thumb of yeah. her white audience? Yeah, you are. You, anybody. It's not just a her thing. It's everybody. If your audience and your, it's your audience, your board members, the, their investors, yeah, it, that, that's just the, the name oh. of the game. Think about it. If I invest in your company, if I invest in your company, and you say something off, and 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 we let's say we haven't. There's a good chance they have majority stake. We're gonna be like, dude, you need to take that post down. Perfect example. Perfect example is Colin Kaepernick. Oh, oh, you're gonna kneel now? All right, all right. We'll see. Good luck on working in the NFL again. That's a perfect example right there. Well, when he didn't own the team. He, you know, when you said. When you said if you invest in my company, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say you, Yobi, you're the billionaire, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to invest in my company, mm-hmm. me, Jay, the Indian mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. You, if you don't like the way I'm running things, you mm-hmm. have your thumb on me. Like you can shut me down. You can cancel me. You can ma- yeah. because you kind of own me in that way because mm-hmm. you're an investor, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? It doesn't matter what your race is. What matters is you have the money. Uh, it, your, well, your race does matter because race equals no. I'm just view. example of you. You're a Nigerian, yeah. I'm Indian, mm-hmm. but you are the investor. Mm-hmm. We just agreed. You have your thumb on me because mm-hmm. I have to cater to whatever you is you want for my yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So why does it matter that you're Nigerian? It doesn't matter. What matters is you're the billionaire, and I'm not. Oh well, here's well. I'll give you an example. Let's just say, yeah, let's say I'm literally, you know, your, your investor and I have majority share, shares in your company. If you say something like Black, Matter, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization on your podcast, yeah, you can get a phone call. <laughs> Why? Because I am for that organization. Yeah, I the don't point want is, you, you have the power yeah, because of your financial power. It doesn't True. matter what your race is. That's what I'm it, saying. It, it does. It, the race matters because I'm. It, I, that's the direction you're gonna. I'm gonna force you in. If you're, if if I'm a white business, if I'm a white um, investor, that's conservative. Then I'm gonna let you do what you do. Yeah, that's but you're, you're illustrating. You're illustrating my point. The point yeah. is, 
mm-hmm. whoever the investor is. Mm-hmm. What matters is, do they have the billions and the the share? Absolutely. Of yeah. Stock? And that, yeah. So you could yeah. be Nigerian or you could be Oprah. Or you could I, be absolutely. What I'm saying is we're talking about the financial power here. And in this example I just gave. With right, Oprah? No, no, with you and me. Like you're yeah, the billionaire yeah. investor in my company. Yeah. You're Nigerian. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that you're Nigerian. What matters it, is that you're the billionaire invested in my company. That's what I'm saying. Like this isn't no, a race they, issue. No, they both matter. It, it, they both matter. Because first, the first element is remember, you're trying to separate two elements that that are some that have to happen. It's almost like you're trying to say, well, human beings don't need their legs. They just need their arms. No, they need both. <laughs> so you're the billionaire. That's element one. Element two is natural human behavior. Are you white and conservative? Are you black? Are you any? Are because though that, that second element will dictate the orders coming from above. You see what I'm saying? You can't I, eliminate I hear, that. I hear the point you're trying to make, but but what you're saying is that all black people, all Nigerians, are going to have the exact same. Being. No, it didn't say that. I just said. But what, you're saying what, you're saying that about white people, though. You're saying that all no, white. No, not necessarily. It, you gotta because okay, we'll go back to Oprah. You, I can't. I'll, I could make the assumption that a decent amount of them are pro- most likely conservative. Can I sit there and say all of them are like anti-Black Lives Matter, blah blah? Could I say, um, yeah, a decent amount of them will be like, uh, yeah, you may not want to lean too hard in one way. Yeah, I could I can make that assumption. Am I saying they're all like Klansmen or hate black? No, no, absolutely. I could even make the guess that they're even majority liberal, to be honest. Um, but what I can say, what what I would guess, I mean, because I don't know the details of that organization and who's who's on that board, is that um what 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 I'm ultimately saying is their race does matter. You can't just negate that. That does, even as if anybody goes out and raises, raises capital, um, brings in uh, board members, brings in employees, it is an element that matters. Everybody's from a different culture. Race ultimately means culture from multiple levels. It's, are, are, are you Black and uh, in a conservative household? Are you Black and you raised in a rough neighborhood? Are you from Nigeria? Are you from Ghana? Are you from Jamaica? It all matters and and you have to take it into context when you bring any individual into your into your organization, company, club, whatever it may be. It does matter. Now if you're some social club and you, you include everybody, great. And maybe your ultimate uh, company culture is, hey, we all respect each other, this this and other, great. But you can't negate people's culture. Because race ultimately leads to culture. And it, it does yeah, matter. Yeah. Race is one factor. You know, like a human being, it's like a, a combination of multiple factors. Race is yeah. one part of it. It's one yeah. slice of pie. Yeah. It's not everything, though. Yeah. So um, I think I, that's why I really like this example of you and me. Mm-hmm. Like you're the billionaire and you're investing in my company. Mm-hmm. Now, if I come out and I tweet, I don't like Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. You might like Black Lives Matter and you might say, you know what, Jay? I'm shutting you down. Like yeah. I'm not allowing you to. And that is your power and authority and prerogative you have Mm -hmm. because of your financial clout. Mm -hmm. Now, what I'm saying is it, it's not a one-to-one with, because you're black and I'm Indian. It's like, you just don't like my political views. 
Now, I could give you another example of another black billionaire mm -hmm. who invested in my company. Mm -hmm. And I say, I don't like Black Lives Matter organization. And he's like, cool. Yeah, he could. No, that, yeah. that's, so that's, that's why I'm exactly saying it's not about it's not about race. You two would both be the same black race. Mm -hmm. It's more about your views. True. Than it is about race. No, uh, I mean, it, it, you're, you're right in that sense, but it can the likelihood of race being an element that you have to deal with is highly. I would gamble on a mathematical level that it's going to be likely. Once again, race leads to culture. So it's like race is like, um, like a, like uh, almost like a race or, or, or like a cake. It's the bottom layer. There's a whole culture on top. Now you're right. That culture could be conservative on top or it could be, be very liberal on top. What I'm saying is there's like a high likelihood it's going to lean a certain way due to race and class. It's just something yeah, you, yeah. It's you, a you don't want to negate it. You got socioeconomic issues. You have race as part of it. You have, yeah. you know, con conservative liberal culture. You have all kinds of things. You know, you well, have he, black Americans versus he, Africans abroad. Yeah, here's a good example is if, if a group of people are ready to invest in your company right now, right? Mm -hmm. And you know nothing about them. Race, no culture, nothing. And they're ready to put money in. And, they, and they're and they about to agree on your terms. Would you blindly say yes not and not having a chance to even meet them? You see what I'm saying? That, that would be weird. Yeah, but yeah. Well, but why would it be weird? Well, I I would like to meet people. I'm a face-to-face I'm -face kind of person. Like yeah. I love, I mean, what sucks about having to do all this remote everything right now is because we can't be in person with people because mm -hmm, of COVID. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's like, Ideally, the best form of human interaction is face to face. Exactly. You, know, you shake you shake somebody's hand. You see their body language. You, uh -huh. you you get a vibe from people. So I think it's really important to be face to face, especially if you're making like a multi million dollar deal. You know, it's exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. So what does that have to do with race? Or what's your point with that? What well, was once again, race is is the bottom level of the cake. There's culture on top. So what you're ultimately going to be looking for is that culture, not just. Is he Indian or African or whatever American? Do I relate and connect with this culture? That so is what you're them judging me or me judging them or both ways. Both, both ways. Yeah. Both yeah. ways. Are you connect? So that's why race matters. <laughs> because once again, race leads to culture. Is this culture using even race as a term is is incorrect? It's more culture than anything. Do you vibe with this culture? Perfect example, like, like Eminem. Eminem vibes more with African-American culture. He's in, he's in the music industry. He gets it where, where Mitt Romney doesn't. Mitchell McConnell doesn't. They, they're, not gonna, they're, not, they're not invited to the cookout. <laughs> they're just not. Eminem is. Those guys aren't. Why? Because Eminem gets the culture. Uh -huh. so that, that's why I'm saying it's a, it's a, it starts with race. It starts there. Zeminem's white. He grew up in a certain way, you know. Um, then, then there's a culture on top. Yeah, I get. There's like, oh yeah, there's black culture. There's Mexican yeah. culture. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's let's move on here because we got so yeah. much stuff to get into. Exactly. So many topics. <laughs> yeah. Let's start with why don't you start and you know feel free to tell the story in your own way. Uh, let's mm -hmm. probably keep it to maybe not more than five ten minutes, but mm -hmm. um, your upbringing. 
mm-hmm. what that was like in terms of you know parents and how you were raised and religion or not and liberal conservative and mm-hmm. racial issues you dealt with from a young age and how you evolved through that into your teens and twenties and ultimately to today. So yeah, so yeah, and, yeah. Tell us, tell us. Yeah, I'll, I'll speed through as quick as possible. Or possible. Um, definitely from immigrant family. I'm, I'm an immigrant ultimately myself. Born in Nigeria, Nigerian parents. Moved to the states. Moved, lived in Dallas, Texas. Um, definitely religious. All most of my Nigerians are pretty religious. More on the Catholic side. Um, Dallas was very interesting, even though it's Texas. Um, growing up, I'd be the only black kid in class, but there'd be, you know, I think there was probably only what 40%, 30% white kids. The rest were like Latin from Asia, all over Asia, Chinese from Taiwan. Um, a lot of other immigrant kids as well. It was really, there were, we even had a cultural day where you brought your own cultural dish and a flag and you dress in traditional clothing and we t- tried each other's food, everything. This is crazy. This is oh, the 80s. That, that's yeah. pretty cool. That's exactly. crazy. Exactly. Compared to what I grew up with, yeah. Exactly. This is crazy. This is Texas in the 80s, Dallas. Wow. Um, it was fun. It was great, you know. Um, I admit, like, I didn't understand the African-American world only through, but I only understood it through TV, barely even TV, because you can go, you know, just the 80s, you know, you might see Prince and Michael on TV, um, you'll see, okay, 227, a couple, and JJ, and all that, you know, that's, that's African-American culture that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. I'm not literally seeing it. So my neighborhood is still very white, and but mixed with other cultures. Right. Um, it, when we moved to Georgia, that was probably the most, the biggest culture shock I've ever had, still to this day, the biggest culture shock I ever had in my life. Um, this is a this is a, a state, you know. We're in Atlanta. We'll marry it to Georgia, to be exact. Where, I mean, it's it's like the Civil War didn't end. People are still mm. like kind of pissed. It's very black segregated. Or, yeah, very segregated. Yeah. Very black or white. It's almost like Latin isn't even real. It's mm. like Indians aren't really real. It's like Asians right. aren't really counted. It's crazy. It's black, right. white. You know, pick a side. Mm-hmm. Um. It was really weird. It was the first time, and then it was the first time I really was interacted with the African American community. It was, it was like, wow. Like, I mean, I'm talking about from upper class to very, very lower class. I mean, in the sense of you know, projects. Mm-hmm. I didn't get treated the best from African American kids. It was tough. Mm-hmm. Like, they, I didn't fit in with them. Didn't really fit in with the white kids. So I actually mm-hmm. fit, 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 fit in with the immigrant kids, the Asian yeah. kids, the Indian kids. That's who I connected with the most mm. because in my household, in our culture, you know, there was no, like, um, you know, when we went to school, I mean, in Nigerian household, you can't come home with bees or <laughs> yeah. you're in trouble. You're, you're sent, you're yeah. being sent back to Nigeria if you come home. With yeah. Bees. Same that's, with my family. Yeah. That's, they might as well drown your ass and start over again with another child. <laughs> like seriously. <laughs> um, so, you know, education was everything. It was drilled into you from day one. You, this isn't a joke. We didn't come to America for you to goof off. Mm-hmm. Like, this is real. Like, they would be like, your, the missions you scale, you uh, grow up, you go to college, you get a great job, and you can survive in this country. This is real. Like, look at these bills. Straight up. They're good. Look at yeah. these bills. This is what it's like to be in this country. This isn't free. This isn't a joke. I mean, this is what you're being drilled with at uh, elementary. <laughs> Junior high, it, it triples down. 
high school, you better have it together. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a, it's interesting. There's all these cultures that are like that, too. Like Jamaican yeah. culture is like that, I think, as well. And yeah, Asian, all the, all the Asian culture, yeah. India, all of them, mm-hmm. same thing. This is not a joke. This is not play play. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, I'd come home. American kids got Fs and Ds. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to hang you when you get home. And they're, they're getting video games. I got three A's, the rest B's, and I'm about to get grilled. <laughs> I'm about to get ripped a new one. So, yeah, so that's how that was, you know. And, of course, you know, growing up, it, it, it kind of stayed that pattern. Um, and then, yeah, I was kind of getting into a conservative mindset of, you know, African-American. And there's, that, that's, there's definitely a beef of Africans and African-Americans. Like, a lot of Africans are like, man, you guys are wasting your opportunity. This is America, blah, blah, blah. And then they're, kind of, they're kind of thinking there's no systemic racism. You know, because Nigerians don't have that history. You know, Jim Crow was real. It worked a number on, you know, families were separated. That, that stuff is real, mm-hmm. you know. So we're Nigerians, like, we have all that stuff, kind of that history that knowledge of tribes and kingdoms. So we're coming over here like, where's the goal? Like, we're here, like this is one big hustle factory in America. Like, let's, let's get this money right here. So we're- That makes America. a lot of sense now, because I know you, so- Yeah. You know, a lot of yeah. sense with how you are as an adult, you know? Yeah. You know, like, so that's the mentality. Um, where, and we're not asking for permission. We're like, we don't really give a damn. Mm-hmm. Like, erase it, like, delete. <laughs> like, how about we buy up these- the stock or, or sneakily buy up there, this company and get over. <laughs> like, we don't get, like, what? So um, it's culture that, you know, that kind of dictates that, you know, as how you move in this country. So, um, yeah, growing up and, and then, of course, you know, I eventually work in the professional world, go to college, you know, um, work at corporate America. Look, I was spoiled rotten in corporate America. You know, I didn't go through what a lot of friends went through. I, and I think that Nigerian culture sneaks in and and really works its way into the system because not because you know african americans are messed up a screw or 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 lazy or anything it's more that that culture of hustle kind of gets you i'm sure racism was definitely coming our way and my mom dealt with it but we we know how to maneuver better because we have a different background that arms us better to deal with it You know, it's not okay. so emotional. Well, isn't it? Isn't it more about your work ethic, and you're going to overcome, right? Not no necessarily, because like, okay, here, okay, here's one thing I was taught a lot in the African American community that I'm against, actually. Um, even Nigerians say this too. You know, the best way to make it in America, you know, you got to work t- twice, three times, ten times harder than white people. Like this yeah, is right. more so, you know, probably even amongst Indians and Asians as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, same messaging. Yeah. So what I said is, fuck that. I'm gonna work twice as hard, tw- ten times as hard for my own company. Because I'd be damned if Johnny and Sarah are C students and they coming in here, most likely getting paid more than me because they're a race. And I'm working ten times as hard and then coming in here and getting a paycheck that's less. Fuck that. Yeah, I'll come in here and make my money, but the, I'd rather triple down on my own thing than pander to those who don't like nor respect me. Yeah. So, so from a young age, that. you have this entrepreneurial spirit of like, you're going to work hard, but you're going to work hard for your own business, not for some, not for the man, not for... Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I followed that system first. Then I evolved to what I just said. 
you know, I evolved to that. It, it took some time to get it. I yeah. knew I wanted that eventually. But, you know, even in corporate America, you're still, I mean, at a certain point, I was kind of like, yeah, this, this communist ladder thing ain't going to work for me. It works yeah, for you know, right. Bob Karen right. and, and Sebastian, but I don't think this is going to work out for me. You know, I, I, yeah. I need to go on a different path. Now, that's where the Nigerian part is. Now, there are other African-Americans that are on that same tip, too. I mean, mm-hmm. one statistic, too, is I think African-American women are the top um, leading entrepreneurs in the country, meaning they're the ones that are becoming entrepreneurs the most and, and the fastest. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's that, you know, um, I, be- I eventually wanted to kind of go down that path because pandering to those who don't like nor respect me is not going to work out for me at all, you know, and for everybody else. But yeah, that's about my history, you know, entrepreneur now, um, liking it. It's crazy. It's wild. It has its ups and downs, but that's my path. And that's the path I try to show and preach and push to a lot of African-Americans in general. Okay. Yeah. So there's a few interesting things there. One was, was very interesting about your diverse childhood in Dallas. It was Dallas, right? Yeah, Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really interesting. And then the dynamic between you as a Nigerian and blacks, as mm-hmm. is known in America, like African Americans, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and how you didn't even gel there. It was that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you kind of carved out your own space, and you know that makes a lot of sense because, like, yeah. I, the adult that I know you as, like, that makes sense as your backstory. Um, yeah. And, and look, it wasn't popular to be African back then, you know, African booty scratcher, all that. It was horrible. <laughs> but it's interesting now to see African-Americans embracing it now because, quote unquote, they're more woke. And, and uh, look, there's some people who still hold resentment. I don't because it's great that because I get where it came from. You weren't knowledgeable of your past. So, you know, yeah. Mm hmm. All right. Well, let me follow up there with my own um, my own story. So I'm going to say some things here that I think a lot of people who know me don't actually know some of these specifics. But so basically, the the, the basic part that a lot of people know about me is uh, I, w- I was a preacher's kid and first generation Indian American. So I was born in Missouri, unlike you. So wait, what? How old were you when your family came to America? I was like three. Okay. All right. So you were born in Nigeria, moved here at three. I was born in Missouri for the first six months we were in America. It didn't really matter for me, right? I'm a baby. I don't know anything. So then we moved to Germany. So technically the first three years of my life, I was in Germany. Uh Um, Again, not that it really matters because, you know, uh, I didn't know anything. But um, then we moved around in the military in America. So we did New Jersey, Maryland, Virginia, a couple different places in Virginia. Um, And then I went to high school in Germany. So the thing, though the consistency throughout was Christianity was a very important aspect of my life and my existence because that was just one consistent thread. I mean, my dad's a preacher. We, we read the Bible every night, you know, as a family and all that kind of stuff. So religion was a big part of my upbringing, but there's this problem, this, this issue that I want to talk about right now, which is since we are talking about race and you sent me that thing on um, India, you know, Mm -hmm. Indian racism toward black Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is where I wanted to share about my story because I was the only, I was always the only Indian kid. Uh-huh. And from your story, I know you can relate to some of this because when you were the only African kid, but I was always the only Indian kid. Uh-huh. 
So I grew up in the military, which was all white, all black, uh-huh. and some Latino, Hispanic. Uh-huh. So there weren't even Asians. Like I barely ever saw any Asian kids. That was just as much an anomaly. Uh, like when I say Asian, you know, I mean East Asian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there was barely any of that. So I was always the only Indian kid. And the interesting thing is when I was growing up, like in Virginia, I dealt with a lot of racism and I've said this before recently on a podcast, like most of the racism I've dealt with in my life was between ages five and 18 really. Uh But in my adult life, I do not feel as though I have dealt with as much, at least overt racism, let's Uh say. Uh But in those formative years in Virginia and Maryland, and you know, as a kid, sixth grade, fifth grade, third grade, eighth grade, all that stuff, I received just as much racial abuse from black kids as mm-hmm. I did from white kids, I believe if it. not, if not more. Mm-hmm. And the, pro- it was a problem on a number of levels. Like I had no community. Mm-hmm. I had no racial identity. I had mm-hmm. no group of Indian kids. Like I can go join up with them and team up or mm-hmm. no support. Like we mm-hmm. had no community. It was my parents and me and my sister. And my sister was four years older. So she wasn't even in school with me there in the moment. But even if she was, it really wouldn't have mattered. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's not like she's my big brother who's going to beat up the people bullying me or something. Mm-hmm, like so, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it made it worse because we had to keep moving. So mm-hmm. we kept moving every couple of years. So I would have to start the process all over again. And I would show up to this new school. Again, the only Indian kid with this funky last name with the ends in poo. Mm-hmm. And people would make fun of it. Poo poo this. And how can mm-hmm. you don't have a dot on your head? And like, oh, a funny accent. And, oh, da, 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 da. and mm-hmm. all this shit. And I had to keep dealing with it over and over and over again. And it builds a certain animosity. It builds a certain anger, a resentment, a bitterness, because it's like, this is fucked up and I can't do anything about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I say all of that for a number of reasons, but one is that when it comes to me responding to racism and determining whether I'm going to be a racist person myself, I'll give you a clear, a clear, a couple of clear examples here. So one is that at the time when I'm getting picked on by other black kids, uh-huh. <clears throat> I could I could emerge from that and be like, you know what? Fuck black people. Uh-huh. I'm done. Like black people, I hate them. I could start throwing the N-word around. I could do all kinds of crazy, like fighting their racism with more racism. You know, uh-huh. I mean, you can call it prejudice or stereotypes, but uh-huh. I could have gone down that path. Uh-huh. Instead, what was my course of action? You know what? One of my best friends at that particular time when I lived in that area, because I ended up having multiple different friends because best friends, because you have, that's what you have to do in the middle. You have to, well, who's, who's my best friend for this two, three years. Who's my best friend for these few years. But for a big chunk of that time, my best friend was black. Mm-hmm. And you know that, but that shows you my response to racism. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that's why I think racism can go any different direction, which mm-hmm. I received a lot of abuse from black people mm-hmm. at the same time. My response to it was not to be racist toward black people. Then and continuing into the future. Uh-huh. And the example of that is like, well, my best friend was black. So, uh-huh. you know, and I loved him like a brother. And in fact, not to get into all to that specific story, but later when I visited him, like later on in high school, when I came back, cause he, he had the luxury of being black and being in a community of other black people uh-huh. and growing up in the same place. And he was financially much better off than I was. Uh-huh. So, I remember when I went back to visit him later, it must have been like high school or something when I was visiting from Germany or something else. And I was so jealous because he was beloved 
by every I saw all the girls looking at him, white girls, black girls, every like all the he was like the coolest, most popular guy in school. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, man. <laughs> you know, like I, I felt like my path was so much harder based uh-huh. on some of the reasons I'm talking about was like uh-huh. he had support. He had black community. He had a black identity. Uh-huh. It, even in a white community, he was able to like, you know, and he was a charismatic, you know, smart, talented, fun, cool guy. And everybody loved him. And I'm like, fuck, man. Like, I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. Like, I was jealous, you know, I was jealous uh-huh. of my, my black friend who had all that going for him. And uh-huh. so that's one example I want to give. And then the second example I want to give is in high school in Germany, there's this Puerto Rican guy uh-huh. and, the, and this other white guy, too. And both of them, we were on the tennis team. And both of them were making racial epithets toward me, right? Mm-hmm. So as to which one was more racist toward me, I don't know. But they were both being racist toward me, cracking jokes, all this shit. And again, my response could be, fuck Puerto Rican people, mm-hmm. you know? Fuck white people. Like, I hate these fucking... And I did hate them. I really hated them. Yeah. That, sure. that guy, the two of them. When I say them, I mean, mm-hmm. I hated mm-hmm. the two of them. Mm-hmm. But again, what is my response? Guess what? senior year of high school, I was best friends with his brother. Huh. So I give these examples to showcase the fact that I've dealt with a lot of racism in my life growing up and it did not all come from white people. In fact, if you were to put it in a pie chart, it might very well be that there was more racism from blacks, from Puerto Ricans in those examples. So, but my response is always like, look, I have an MLK junior response to all of this, which is like, look, I judge people based on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Uh So that's how I was raised. And that is ingrained in me. And to this day, as an adult, I could choose to adopt that philosophy or I could choose to go another way. Uh I've chosen to keep that philosophy because I, for me, that's the moral high ground. Uh For me, it's like, look, I don't give a fuck what your race is. I don't Uh care if you're African, dark skin, light skin, Chinese, any white, whatever. I don't care. Jewish. I don't care. What I care about is, are you a fucking asshole? Yeah. You know, because if you're an asshole, assholes come in all shapes and colors and sizes, whatever. And, and if you're an asshole, I don't really have, and the older I get, especially like, I just don't have time for people in my life who are like, if you're not adding value to my life, if you're not a cool person, if you're not funny, if you're not like, if we're not vibing, like we talked about earlier about vibing, if Uh I'm not vibing, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm moving on. Like, I'm not going to sit here and try to silence those people. I'm not going to sit there and try to cancel them or shut them down. Like if you're a racist prick or an asshole, like, I, I don't know. I've developed that form of thick skin Yeah. where I'm like, eh, you know, for me, like living well is the best revenge. Yeah. Right. So, exactly. and I, I think you probably feel similar like that. It's like, you're, yeah. you're so focused on your own journey and your own path, mm-hmm. whatever hate you're getting from other people. It's like, eh, they can fuck off. You know, yeah. it's like, I'm doing my thing. Exactly. So, I mean, I think that's a great segue into what the Malcolm X and uh, yeah. Martin Luther King. Yeah. Okay, so I think um, those are all great points. Um, where it changes, because you made a great point that actually segues not only with the Malcolm X versus Martin Luther King, but even when you said the, the racism or, you know, the prejudice or whichever one you experienced happened between what, ages five and you said 18? Yeah. There's a reason why I wouldn't even say it's because people have progressed. There's a reason why I stopped at 18. There's a reason. Well, why. because I went to college. 
So people yeah. act differently in college. Yeah, you, now you can't pull. All, all of a sudden, I was in a community with actual Indian people for the first yeah. time in my life, and I yeah. saw Asians, and it was like, wow, this is like. Yeah, it, it, there's that, but then that overt kind of racism that you kind of experience when you, yeah, that don't fly once you get once you're an adult. You got to get all a bit more sophisticated once you get. It doesn't mean it went away. It just transformed when you got older. You know, it, it evolved when you got older. It didn't just kind of magically go away. It just became something different. And that difference is kind of what we're really dealing with now when we talk about the police and a couple other things that we're, well, we're doing. Well, that's what you're suggesting is one theory. Another, another, ah. theory, could be, another theory could be I grew up in very small communities mm-hmm. in Virginia and Maryland, and it was like very kind of suburban, but like near military base. So it was kind of yeah. like a certain breed of people. All mm-hmm. of a sudden- I'm in a I'm at Northwestern University where you gotta yeah. be really smart. So you gotta be really smart to get in there. So all of a sudden yeah. now I'm surrounded by a bunch of intellectuals, you know, people who are kind of a little bit upper class, mm-hmm. like, you know, really, you know, again, a very diverse community. Yeah, so, and like-minded. I mean, you know, it's probably a bunch yeah. of like-minded in it. Yeah. So I mean, regardless of whether they're Republican or liberal, um, I felt more comfortable in the sense of like, all right, we're all so busy like partying and and learning and, mm-hmm. and, and getting on with our lives and being having the college experience. Mm-hmm. Like, why are people going to, you know, it would be stupid to be like, oh, racist uh, you know, or dot on your head or any of that stupid yeah, shit. That I, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're mature, you know. like Yeah, only too- uneducated, ignorant, racist people are going to give you that kind of behavior. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So what you're suggesting, though, is that, oh, but those those same racist people that I grew up with, now they're in college with me. It's just taken a different form. Yeah, like, you know, but I'm saying I'm saying a different theory on that is like maybe it's just a different crop of people now that I'm being I, exposed to. I think I think it's a combination of both, and it, in the the extremity or the the I guess the pendulum um, swings further depending on where you went to college and where you are in the United States. Um, yeah. To assume that none of those kids that you went to high school or to college with were racist, no. <laughs> I'd gamble a good chunk still were. It's just they couldn't pull any stunts the way they wanted to uh, in the past. And I'm sure, you know, if I did some, if anybody did some research, there were uh, probably a couple incidents. But, you know, in some schools less, in other schools a lot more. So that that's what I'm saying is those those racist kids that grew up, they didn't just go away. I mean, I think even well, a lot uh, of them probably couldn't get into Northwestern, though. Yeah, I mean, some some look, some probably did could, you know, some some probably could, um, and you know, well, I think I was going to use an example. Um, how even like a Trump, you know, <laughs> asshole parents parents will pay for you to get right in, you know, so they yeah. can get in. Yeah, of course, there's going to be some racism in like and Northwestern. Yeah, for sure. Too. Yeah, I wouldn't even say a small amount, a significant amount. So, I mean, if we're, if we're leading this into Malcolm X versus Martin Luther King, what's your point on, what's your take on that first? And I, and I could jump in. Well, I watched that video you sent where there was kind okay. of a, uh, they were an, an edit of yeah, edit, edit, between yeah. both of them. And Malcolm X claimed that MLK was just an Uncle Tom figure paid by whites. Now, before you go on, let me kind of break down a couple things about um, uh, Malcolm X. Okay. There are two, you could almost like, um, there are two uh, phases of Malcolm X. There are his early years, and then there's the years when he actually finally got out of um, the Nation of Islam. 
he was definitely a bit more aggressive um, when he was in the Nation of Islam. A lot of his points were still very valid and very good and still very and still hold up till today. I think um, his tune changed a little bit more um, later on. Now, there's a lot of history here. Um, I'll do my best to, uh, to punch some of them in um, uh, as we go along, especially with uh, Martin Luther King and with Malcolm X. But yeah, uh, I'll let you continue. But yeah, there are two phases. What you saw is the more yeah. the earlier Malcolm X. I did hear, I was reading some of the comments too on the videos, and I saw somebody saying that in the end, Malcolm X became way more in line with MLK about nonviolence. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, mm-hmm. he got shot by kind of his own radical, you know, more militant people. So, yeah, mm-hmm. um, which was ironic, you know, but um, well, also help as assisted by the United States government. <laughs> Both. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so but when it comes down to I, I think sort of. I, I'm not a historian about the very specifics of their life, but all, all I'm saying is like the general tone leads to the debate as it exists today, which is like, let's talk about violence versus nonviolence as a, as a general approach or accomplishing real change. Well, right. Well, well, not necessarily. I think what I'll go deeper into it. Like um, that was one topic out of many that they talked about. The real debate wasn't even nonviolence versus violence. Um, okay. That one gets played up a lot in schools in, in, you know, amongst white America, the real debate between the two was not that it was because what it really was is, Self-defense. But look, if I live in that time, no, I, you know, you're not beating me up. No, no. And I, I, I would go down fighting. And there was mm-hmm. a lot of people that were like that. Um, this pat, like, it goes more to economics. Malcolm X was like, you can't change these people. They're done. White, white, They're, white people. White, you can't change yeah. white people. They are racist as hell. This is their country. They're having a field day. You can't, you're, you're, you're ultimately negotiating with terrorists. Don't do it. Double down on self-reliance, economics, grow your own com- community, and be self-reliant. Which proves... So it's almost like embracing segregation in a way, right? It's like, let's yeah. have our own black Wakanda over yeah. here. Yeah, because think about it. Why am I killing myself to eat at your lunch counter where you hate and disrespect me? Why on God's green earth do I want my child going to your school? So could you imagine if I if I you know had this school and and it's all black kids and and we're just treating the white kids just like shit? And would you think white America would be begging to put their kids on our school district? Forget about right, it. Right, right. Yeah, I'd go build twenty schools. So do you do you look at it as almost like a, a Stockholm syndrome kind of thing where Malcolm it, X? thought of it as like why would you want to try to get into those white schools uh, yeah i mean i think i think because back then this is when it was the law was separate but equal mm-hmm. and, but it wasn't equal and malcolm and them were like no we need to fight for equal let you let it be separate i'm not trying to you know, be in your school i don't trust you enough you, you obviously hate us yeah so let's go with the equal equal economics it's all about economics they were like all about economics King, it was King was all about let's win with hearts, and the other group like was like hearts, dude. They were hanging, they're hanging us from trees. Right. This is this is the era of Emmett Till. You're, just, you're like what? I mean, look, Malcolm. Like this is the time during um, the Montgomery boy uh, 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 boycott, bus boycott, and Malcolm said it best. He was like. 
why would I fight to sit in front of a bus? Why, why not? I, why not fight to own the bus? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, about, I mean, I could, right. I, yeah. I, I, me and my friends own the bus and we treat you like shit when you get on it. We make you sit in the back. Why am I fighting to sit in the front? You're savages. Let me get my own bus. I'm not here to well, like, I'm not here to really, this is a really interesting debate because it really comes down to integration versus segregation. Right. And it sounds like Malcolm X was like, he's given up on the integration idea because he's like, white people are the devil. As he should. You know how how much work that is? I'm like, I got a life to live. I got a family. I got kids. I I get it. Yeah. You know, I get it, man. I get it. Like when I, before I left the church, I was like, why is it that I'm still single at 30? Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, tall, I'm successful, I'm articulate, I'm interesting, I'm smart, well-educated, well-traveled, all this stuff. Like, I know the Bible, I'm a man mm-hmm. of God, I'm right. I'm like everything a Christian girl would want. Mm-hmm. Why am I going to this church that's all whites and Koreans? Mm-hmm. I didn't date any of them. Mm-hmm. None of them were, like, into me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I would bring it up here and there, you know, I brought it up to the pastor, the main guy, and he's like, you know, that's a a good point and then i would bring it up to other people and other lay people other you know uh, deacons and people and they'd be like well you know what are what what are you what can you do to help the problem you know like what they put it back on me right exactly and my, yeah and my feeling was like man fuck that man it's mm-hmm. like this is not my cross to bear it's like if we're all supposed to be christians mm-hmm. we're all supposed to be brothers and sisters in christ we're all supposed mm-hmm. to be on the same page you mm-hmm. know it's neither jew nor greek slave nor female mar- you know, because we're all one, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and why is it that I feel so ostracized as the only Indian guy, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I get it. I get it. Because, like, I did take a Malcolm X stance in that point. Because ultimately, I was like, fuck this. I'm leaving. You know, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and try to convert the whole church to be, like, racially open-minded. But it's mm-hmm. much easier for me to leave the church and get on with my business and get on with mm-hmm. my dating life. And my mm-hmm. dating life and sex life took off in my 30s because... I started dating like non-Christian chicks and had a good time. So exactly. Yeah, I, I, get, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, but look where it leads to, because it's not just about, because I think in white America and then even from your perspective, where, what I'm kind of sensing is hold up, but segregation, but I'm like, hold up, but economics, my, my, my kids got to go to great school. I got to make money. I got to get ahead. I want, I got dreams and aspirations too. I want to travel too. I'm not, I can't, I can't wait around a thousand years for you to get evolved. Right. I, right. I, no, we're not, it's not happening. You know what I'm saying? And so that's yeah. the stance, you know? And so when you fast forward till now, here's probably something you, you probably don't understand or don't know is like even African-American community, there are plenty who said, I think even King admitted that this was the wrong path. What was the wrong path? Um, um, really trying to pacify or, or work with, the, uh, there's a whole video. There's literally a video where he he says this, and um, uh, and uh, Harry bon- Belafonte agreed. He there was another interview where he he said the same thing. He I think it was something along the lines. Of, I think I led my people to the slaughter. Hmm. You know because this integration most likely isn't going to work out, and it actually didn't. Because here's this history that they don't teach you in schools. Before all this, the African, African-American community was thriving and self-reliant. Doctors, lawyers, all this. And, you, know, you see it with Tulsa and a couple of other communities. Um, and those, it wasn't just those. It was actually a lot. Um, when integration hit, it, it created a brain drain in the African-American community. 
Now the top people went to white neighborhoods, even though those white people in better neighborhoods did not like them. Now, this happened in the African-American community because, you know, it goes back to um, Jim Crow and the um, insecurity uh, um, programmed into the African-American community. Most communities would have made more money and then doubled down and reinvested in their community, where a lot of the wealthy African-Americans left their community and still to this day do. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm a culprit. Um, I did it too. Mm-hmm. I learned the hard way and now I know. Um, I will never forget when I um, was about to buy real estate in New York and a broker was showing me a spot in Harlem and I was like, uh, I didn't get it because it was rent stabilized. I couldn't raise rent and the way I wanted to. Um, you know, and I, I think it needed work too. Then that white broker too was like, you should go to Bed-Stuy and buy a brownstone there. I was like, what? It's like, yeah, you should go to Bed-Stuy, buy, buy the brownstone and rent it out. I was like, what? When's that shit going to be gentrified? Mm, uh, and, you know, it's on its way. He, he yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, nah, nah. Why? Because, you know, what I'm thinking, white is right. You know, you want to be in Gramercy and all these other top neighborhoods. That's where you want to be. No, like, we, it, yeah, but now you know, like the nature of real estate. You yeah, want to be yeah. in the market, the emerging market. Now I know. Yeah. Now right. we all know. Yeah. Didn't know. It's, it's a part of the formula of why gentrification even happens. The first formula is disenfranchising the people in that community. The second phase is when African-Americans or anybody, or whether it be Latino or whoever, that are doing well leave the community versus reinvesting. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll never forget when I saw um, Spike Lee kind of speaking against it. And I kind of wanted to even call him out and be like, dude, y'all, you and a couple others used to live in Bed-Stuy. Look at Bed-Stuy now. Jay-Z even rapped about it. Uh, well, but not necessarily Bed-Stuy, but about Dumbo. Y'all could have bought the block, block back then. Y'all would have been multimillionaires just from that. Mm. You know, so it's it's that but mentality. They gave, up, they gave up on that community. And- no, it's, 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 a, it's a mindset that white is right. You make your money, you move into the better neighborhoods that are most likely all white. Where uh-huh. the mansions are, Upper East Side, Upper West Side, West Village, right. Soho, you know, they, that, that becomes what you aspire to. And uh-huh. when, like I said, I, I was guilty of it. But then when I saw what happened in New York, what, what eventually happened afterwards, I was like, damn, you're a fool. You, you believe the stereotype against your own people. That, that, and that now the same white people are up in there making money off that, off, off that venture. That you were afraid to get into because you believe white is right. Yeah, it's it's a. I didn't have it in the list, but this is it's definitely a thought that I I wanted to touch on was yeah. this idea of gentrification mm-hmm. because it's it's a very tricky it's a very tricky subject and you know neither of us are like experts on the field but we've both had experiences with this of course because mm-hmm. we've owned real estate and whatnot mm-hmm. and like as I moved to Philly here a year and a half ago, I explored different neighborhoods and I, I did a little bit of research here and there. And I, I was aware of crime and shootings, you know, uh-huh. here in different parts of the city. And I was like, I was like, shit, man, this looks kind of sketchy. I don't uh-huh, want to be uh-huh. afraid to walk out of my front door. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Which That's is fair. My... If you want to live there, it's a whole nother, if it's economics and if it's, sure. if it's just an investment property for cool. college students that go live near temple. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know, but I, d- I did want to live here. So, you know, when I was picking a place, I wanted a place that was like in a good neighborhood. Uh-huh. I didn't want to live. I, I, are you familiar with Philly? Uh, no, uh, like, uh-uh. So Rittenhouse Square is like the nice part, right? Uh-huh. So that would be like 
or the equivalent, the Philly equivalent of like, you know, like Upper East Side or something like uh-huh. that. Upper uh-huh. Upper Side. So I didn't want to live there because I looked at the real estate and it's like, you're not getting much bang for your buck. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but I did see like Fishtown, which is like Williamsburg and Northern uh-huh. Liberties, which is like a little bit cleaner and nicer. Cause like when you think uh-huh. about hipsters, uh-huh. I'm not a hipster. I don't necessarily uh-huh. gel with hipsters, but uh-huh. I wanted to kind of people who are like on the fringe of the hipster, you know, like they're kind of, uh-huh. you know, that, that's really specific. Ooh, you, you're picky. <laughs> you're picky. Well, I was also, mm-hmm. I'm a, I was also moving here as a single guy and I'm thinking about sure. like, what kind of girl do I want to meet? You know? So sure, okay. I, I chose Northern Liberties as my neighborhood because I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah, Fishtown's right around the corner. Yeah. And there's a couple of bad neighborhoods, a couple of few blocks away, but I'm kind of yeah. safe, safely nestled here where I probably could have gotten a better deal here on the real estate if I got here like a couple of years mm-hmm. earlier, but it's, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but the point is with this gentrification thing, it's kind of like, let's, let's explore this idea. I'm curious. It's like, let's explore this idea of black people living in an area and then they get pushed out. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's look at a hypothetical of, I don't, we don't need to get specific or we can get specific if you have specific uh, mm-hmm, evidence mm-hmm. or whatever, but like, mm-hmm. let's just say we got neighborhood X mm-hmm. and it's kind of run down, you know, real estate value is not good there because there's uh-huh. crime, there's drugs, uh-huh. there's, you know, uh-huh. it's all black people living there. And it's, it's uh-huh. like, no white person's going to move there because it's not safe, you know, and not uh-huh. even white. I'm not white. I wouldn't uh-huh. move there. You know, yeah, yeah. you're, you said it yourself, you wouldn't move there. Yeah. So, but then some real estate company comes in and I'm uh-huh. sure you're going to say it's probably white owned and it, yeah, uh-huh. it probably is white owned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they come in, they get not just one unit, but they buy mm-hmm. up like a whole block because it's dirt it's block, cheap because yeah. nobody mm-hmm. wants to live there. And this is just me theorizing as to how the process goes. It's pretty, much how, yeah, it's pretty much how it works. <laughs> yeah, so this, is, this is my general understanding of how it probably works. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they buy up this real estate, they do the construction, and it's kind of that whole like field of dreams thing. You know, if, if you build it, they will come, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they it's on the fringe of a decent neighborhood and all of a sudden, you know, white people or people like myself or you can uh-huh. let's, let's talk about our socioeconomic class. Right. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. we can step in there, get a pretty good deal, uh-huh. get some real estate, either rent it out or live there either way. Uh-huh. And that's how the process goes. And those, uh-huh. those black people that were living there get pushed out. Right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we're agreed. Like that's generally how it works. Right. So yep. there's another I mean, element, but I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll chime in when you're done. So I feel bad, right? I feel bad yeah. for the black people who were living there who got pushed out. But at the same uh-huh. time, it's like, it was a shithole. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like why you had the land, you had the, you were there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Why, if you would have made it better yourselves, uh-huh, uh-huh. Made your own thriving community, uh-huh. more black people would have moved there. Middle-class black people. Like you would have uh-huh, moved there. Uh-huh, like, uh-huh, I there and it's kind of yeah. thrive in that way mm-hmm. but instead it was just like a crack den you know it was just like a you know dangerous you know drug gang territory mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, so okay all of this just leads to the gentrification process that's why we keep seeing it so it's like so we're in agreement like this is what happens so now let's talk about like what's a better well, way how could this okay. better work or how could this okay before i get to that let me okay. tell you the, the two things you're really missing out in the formula to the core, the core of it. Everything you said is, you know, pretty much implied. Everybody knows it's happening. Here's the two things that are not happening that do cause this. Um, because that's opportunity. Like nobody's 
skimping on opportunity. I'm not mad at anybody for seeing opportunity and swooping in. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Here's what's actually happening as well. The people in that community would love to build condos and the parks and the playgrounds and a phenomenal school and all that and the trains and all that. Well, they don't have the capital to build. Exactly. Them. Exactly. They have authority there. Yeah. But, so, but yeah. there's still choices to be made. Like you can go deal drugs or you can like go get a nah, nah, no, no, no. See, that's that's the assumption. There's an assumption that, oh, you can just go get a part-time job. Where? There's no Starbucks there. There's no farmer's market there. There's no, you know, all the amazing opportunities that you see in that white neighborhood for jobs and opportunity are in that neighborhood. It's a food desert. You're not getting the best the food as well. So there's nothing there. Yeah, it's not like... You can go a few blocks away, though, to get to a Starbucks. That's what I'm saying. Uh, no, that, but you got to understand. Starbucks isn't even a few blocks away. And even if you are, are they going to hire you? You know, you're kind of dealing with that. So, the, and then you got to understand, this is a whole community. So are you all going to go there? And then you're talking about the kids. That's where the kids are going to work. Where are the adults going to work to pay their bills? Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's different starting points in the timeline, right? So, like, if we talk about teens, right, which is, mm-hmm. I think part of the problem is like kids growing up and we could go off on a whole separate topic about fathers not being present so the lack of a nuclear family mother father i wouldn't even say that like you you, i think even that that statistic that if you don't live in a nuclear family it's it's messed up i think it's a false narrative i think it's economics it's all about the money you if you're a single mom and you're rich who cares you're rich you, you got the resources to make sure that child gets the best education, this, that, and other. It's the fact that the nuclear family thing isn't an emotional thing because there are pl- pl- uh, pl- um, plenty of single parents that give that great emotional support. It's a finance. That's why you need the two parents is the money. So, you got, so it goes back to that community. You're making the assumption that there's opportunity. If there was opportunity, they would take it. Trust. Everybody would. Uh, I. There's always some kind of opportunity. It might not there, be there, a great opportunity. There, you have to start somewhere. There, there, there is, but you have to be at a certain level to take advantage of some of it. Like, how, okay, look, I got a startup right now. How many of y'all are, are, have the knowledge to really start up a tech startup? You don't come out of nowhere. You, you do need. I, I'm not even qualified to start up a tech startup because, like, I, don't, yeah. I just don't have the skills. But what I'm talking about is, you don't start if you if you're like a high school educated mm-hmm. or less, you don't start out trying to. What you're exactly, about. but how do you get there? What, what, if, what if your school is what if your school is garbage? If your school is garbage, you are not taking advantage of anything. Anything, dude. We're in the year 2020. Like okay. everybody okay. has access to the internet. Do they? That that's an assumption. Do you know dude, how many? You know, I see people walking around with a cell phone. That's them. But you're making the assumption that the people in this community have. High speed internet. I, I don't, a lot I, of them I, don't. I high speed, the best top of the line internet. A I'm lot of them don't have internet. Can't afford I'm, it. Go to the public library, man. Free internet. If, if it's even in your neighborhood. If it's not in your neighborhood, you walk there, man. Walk. Fifty yes. miles, sixty miles. We talk about Phillies. The whole city is not even that big. You I mean, I mean, that, that's, I mean that that might be Philly, but I'm talking about all over the world. I mean, all over the country. I'm talking about any city. We're talking about cities here, really. We're talking about 
We're talking Look, about. I live. I live in Manhattan. I live in Manhattan. Yeah, I could probably walk to the the library. It's it's quite far. But either either way, what I'm what I'm getting at is here's where things really go wrong in this debate. Is there's the assumption that when you're in this environment, you have all these amazing opportunities and you just don't. If that was the case, then everybody because this is all poor people. This is not just black. Right, this is right, everybody. Right. You got to understand the, the the white people doing well now are is due to you know free labor from slavery and all this passed on uh, through the system, and that's why they're there. Yeah, there are poor whites, oh, and they generally stay. But here's the here's the here's the metric that you need to focus on when it comes to poverty. The vast majority do not get out, black and white. The vast I'm talking about. The, the percentage that make that make it out is probably like two percent, one percent. So therefore, off that metric, that opportunity that you're explaining does not exist. No, here, here's, here's the, the here's metric. The, but here, let me finish. Okay. Because of that mathematical equation, what that says to me is that when you're stuck in the system, that opportunity that you're talking about does not exist. You need proper schools. You need a proper education to get out. Period. You're not going to just find the opportunity. You need the connections. Yes, I if, if I didn't have the connections, I would not be here today at all. There are so many people I could look back to and say, that person saved me, that person helped me, that person. If I didn't have those connections, forget about it. Still to yeah, this day. But this is, this is my you, point. You, here, but you need that education. education if, you don't have yeah. that, if you don't have that, you're, you're done. That's I why white America triples down on it with their kids. They trip. You think these white parents with with, with COVID and uh, with the wealthy ones um, staying home? You think their kids are just goofing off? No, they probably hired two nannies and two uh, tutors to make sure that child's still on point. Yeah, they're sure, not goofing off. Probably they, pushing their kids even harder. Exactly. They, because why? Because you know that education is everything. Screw yeah, the yeah. money. Screw the trust fund. The, the education is everything. Yeah. If you don't got it, you're done. You will be broke in this country without Dude, the education. I, I totally agree. I, mm-hmm. We all agree education is important. You got to have mm-hmm. a, a solid foundation to get anywhere mm-hmm. in life. But like, look at Kevin Hart, right? So uh-huh. I watched that documentary on his life and I, his oh, family. Yeah. Did you see that one on Netflix? I didn't, but I, I know where you're going. Yeah. So, yeah. so he, he had that brother. I mean, he had, a, he had a father who was like a crackhead or whatever he was. Mm-hmm. And like his, his brother got into a lot of trouble, got into crime, got arrested. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Hart didn't. And his mm-hmm. mom was really strict with him and really like getting on his ass. Mm-hmm. Look at how Kevin Hart turned out. Look at how his brother turned out. You know, uh-huh. it's like uh-huh. now to say, oh, there's no opportunity in the inner city. Therefore, it's a done deal. No opportunity. It's over. And I'm saying, look, I don't disagree with you. It's it's hard. It's a challenge to get out of that from nothing to something. I'm not saying it's easy. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is it is possible, you know? So okay. there are numerous examples. It might be a smaller percentage, of course, whether it's 5%, 10% who get, who get out. You know, we both of us don't have the statistics in front of us. Mm-hmm. And it depends how you define get out, you know? I, I, for me, I would define getting out as just like you move on. Getting out of poverty. You get out of getting out of poverty. Yeah, you get married, you have a kid, you have a job somewhere, you move on with your life, you know, so that you survive. So- Whatever that percentage is, the point is it is possible, right? And 
the thing that bothers me and a lot of conservatives, I'm not going to speak on behalf of like conservative Republican types, but the thing that bothers in this equation is when, when there's this extremist view that like it is impossible. A poor white person or a poor black person, they can't. They have no opportunity. Like they, they just can't. And there's a difference between it is impossible and they can't and the idea that it is possible, but it's going to be really difficult and it's hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between those two things. And that distinction is of the utmost importance is what I'm saying. Okay. So Kevin Hart's an example of that. Dude, my own father, my, my family is an example of that. My dad came mm-hmm. to this country with $7 in a suitcase. Mm-hmm. And he's transformed that now into everything. My sister is a doctor. Like I'm here with an owning apartment, creative designer, successful. So like, you know, all of that came from my dad who came, he's the only Brown guy in, he was in Philly. He was in Philly of all places. Uh So that's why I'm kind of like, look there, that's just my family's example, but there are other examples. And that's why a lot of the links I sent you are also from black voices, you know, because I didn't, I didn't want to send you stuff that's like white people talking about black race stuff, but I wanted to send you, show you examples of like, there is diversity of viewpoint amongst the African-American black community. Yeah. You know, I, I, that's you know, why I I'm, yeah. That's why I'm like, I, I just, no, I, I know. And look, like I said, I used to be on that other spectrum. So I'm, I've heard this argument. I've, I used to kind of say the same, same thing. Here's what it boils down to. Does that number of getting out of poverty? And when I say get out of poverty, I don't, I don't mean getting married. I mean, getting out of poverty. I mean, getting out of, a median household income of less than I think what I think what thirty five forty five thousand dollars a year. So here's the math. It's it's pretty low. I, I haven't looked it. I could look it up right now, but just to focus on this, it's definitely less than two percent. So let's just I said let's just say I said two percent of planes made it from point A to point B. The rest crashed and everybody died. <laughs> Seriously, right? Are you okay with those numbers? Okay, so let's just say I said, okay, 2% of meals in all restaurants in America, you're going to have a great experience. The rest, you're going to get food poisoning. Yeah, I get get where you're going with here with this. But but here's the thing. If you truly care about people, I don't care that Kevin Hart made it. I don't care that Jay-Z got out and made it and became a billionaire. I don't care about any of those guys making it. The sheer fact that it's only 2% is an issue. Yeah. We need to change that. We need to make sure that everybody has proper education because Mm -hmm. the civil unrest you're seeing is the reason why. If you ain't cool to 2% for yourself, you ain't cool for it at a restaurant. You're not cool for it when you fly on a plane. You're not cool for it when you work on it. If an Apple computer only worked 2% of the time, you'd be, that is going in the trash. That's trash. (laughs) Right. So therefore, that system for poor people in this country is trash too. I agree. That, that, and that's why what your your argument doesn't hold up because it's only two percent. I don't care that 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 some people can make it. It's the fact that majority ain't making it. Well, let's that's let's clarify. Let me let me clarify my 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 viewpoint and what I'm saying mm-hmm. here. So I'm mm-hmm. not saying. Look, two people, two percent made it out. That's great. See, it's possible. Yeah, we're we're done here. Like, there's no problem. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what you're hearing, okay, fine. That's not what I'm saying. That's not my. Okay. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting okay. at is that it is possible. Mm-hmm. 
Now we got to address the reason why 98% are not getting out, right? And that becomes a separate conversation right now. Mm-hmm. Let's examine what is holding people back. And you said it yourself. It's not just about being black. It's about poor white people, poor Mexican people, poor black people, poor anybody who's poor. Well, well, okay. It's systemically black. It's, it's, if you compare the percentages, it's, it's mostly um, hit with African-Americans, then Latino, then a couple other groups, and then very low when it comes to white. So okay. that's, that's the thing. So if, if, if in this group over here, a, a vast majority or a significant portion are di- uh, dis- disproportionately um, dis- disenfranchised, and they're like, and look, this is not, that, I don't, this is not even debate to me. There are government reports stating this. Redlining is real. It ain't from a long time ago. Jamie Dimon was fined not to, I think, what, two, three years ago for this? Other banks were fined two, three years ago for this. Um, this is not some long time ago stuff. It's happened systemically for years, and it's not Wait, just the bank. Unfortunately, the, all those links you sent me, I didn't see anything in there about redlining, which was unfortunate because that was one of the topics that was most interesting. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, yeah. I don't know anything about redlining. So yeah, see. Mm-hmm. Explain a little bit about redlining. Like, tell, okay, tell, so, tell so, red, so redlining is when an African-American person or a person of color goes in, um, it's in multiple forms. So one form is going into the bank, getting, uh, trying to get a bank loan to buy a home. And you're, because of your race, you're instantly um, giving a high, given a higher interest rate or just denied the loan in general. Um, there were cases, multiple cases where they quite literally drew a red line and said, beyond this point, we're not going to allow them to buy a home in these white neighborhoods. So that's quite literally what happened. Um, what's his name? Um, D.L. Hughley had a situation like this. Another way it happens is you're black. Wait, wait, wait. So he's, he's rich and successful and they still wouldn't let him live there? Uh, oh, no, no. It's a, it, hold, on, hold on that. I'm going to explain to you. There's another form of redlining. Another form, and I'm going to explain D.L. Hughley's uh, situation that he went through um, not too long ago. Uh, well, or kind of, I think maybe a decade ago. So uh, another form of redlining is you're black. You're about to sell your home. There are cases where they'll literally tell you to hide your family photos. I'm like, what? Why? Because if, they, if the appraiser sees that it's a black family, they will devalue the home. Real. Mm-hmm. Happened to D.L. Hughley. He had to battle it. He ended up making it go away. And I think, it may, I, think I forgot how you solved the problem, but it happened to him. It's a real thing. It happens in other cases where the um, So the that's not necessarily was, redlining. That's just racism oh, that's part of, no, in the real estate. No, it's a part of the whole system. See, this is a system. It starts with the bank. It, well, what is it, the, where does the term redlining? I thought it was uh, the redlining term. Doesn't that come from the geographic boundaries? Yeah, it, it, yes, yes. It starts there, but it also forms into when you actually buy the home and you're about to sell the home and then um, get, being given a loan too. It's, it's a system. It's not just mm-hmm. that one scenario. It starts there and it, and it grows into this other monster. And there are thousands of cases of this across the country. Yeah. It's rampant still to this day. So when you, this, is, this prevents black people from owning a home, uh, building that um, institutional wealth for their kids. Um, 
Um, wasn't the 2008 crisis, wasn't a big part of that problem is that they were giving out loans to people who really couldn't actually qualify for it. And then it- And guess who they targeted for that. And guess who yeah, they it was targeted for Yeah, it was a lot of blacks yeah. and people of color yeah. who couldn't afford it in the first place. Yeah. So they, yeah. in theory, they shouldn't have gotten those loans because well, they, the, couldn't, they weren't really in a financial position to be able to afford those loans, right? But it was predatory. It wasn't, no, that's actually a mis-, mis No, what, what it was is, it wasn't just, it was the type of loan. It wasn't that they couldn't afford it. It was the type of loan. The type of loan that I was getting out, getting out was, um, uh, God, I forgot the term for it. They, I was even presented that when I was buying in New York. They presented it to me. I was like, hell no, because I knew finance and money a lot better than, than most. So when what, it was presented. What, was, what it, made it bad? It, 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 was, it, was, it was fluctuating. It was, so it, it would be a low interest like, let's say, like 1% or 2%. It was stupid low. But after five years... Yeah, so it was, it was a 5-1 arm, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so in many cases, they didn't even explain that. They didn't tell them it was that. They just signed them up. You see yeah, what I'm saying? My, didn't, my first didn't, loan was a 7-1 arm, it, and it... it Fluctuated after that. Yeah, see, I didn't, I didn't touch it. Yeah, like so. Yeah. So think about even when they say they sign you up, they might say something like, "Yeah, dude, it's it's one now. Don't worry, it won't go over four. They'll straight up lie to them. Yeah. So it wasn't like they were degenerate individuals. They were tricked into these loans. Those loans shot up to like ten to twelve. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it was. See, it mm -hmm. all <laughs> matters. These yeah. people could afford. There's the, 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 a proper situation, a proper loan, but they were sold into something that they couldn't and they were tricked. It wasn't like they were like, hell yeah, I'm balling. I could just do this. Yeah. Do no, if only tricked. if it was all fixed rate mortgages, we wouldn't even have had that crisis basically. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what I'm getting at. That's, that, that's how all this you know, works out against the African-American community. So that's what I'm, I'm getting at um, in that systemic racism there. Um, because, of course, why, why didn't they go to the white community? Because they know those white cats know because they have the education. They understand finance. They have stock. Now, they did hit some plenty of white people as well, but they definitely targeted people who are a lot more vulnerable. It could have easily been my mom. You know, it could have easily been, you know, my dad or somebody else, you know, mm -hmm. that I know. Um, hell, it could have been me if I didn't do my homework or understand <laughs> finance a little bit more than I did. Yeah. So, so that's an example of how that works, you know? Um, so that's why it's not just, um, that's why it, it does deal with race, you know? And then when you talk about institutional racism, if, if you tell me 50% or 75%, whatever the number is of corporations won't hire me because I have a black signing name done. Now they can't get a proper job to pay their, pay their mortgage, to get a home and to raise a family and do all those great things that everybody else wants to do in this country. It's not like they just magically get a job somewhere else. You know, they probably got to take lesser pay somewhere else. They don't get to work at the top corporation. So it ha the, the money matters. Yeah, it, It's a huge effect. That's why I don't care about, you know, Sebastian and Tom that are part of the alt-right and, and, and clan rallies. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's the, it's the William that works in HR and the Sarah that works in HR that, that won't hire me. In those positions. <laughs> that's, that's where the real the Karens, damage is. The yeah, the Karens. Yeah, the Karens for sure. Uh, Trust I hate, I hate to say that. Cause my, I have this friend, Karen, she's like my best yeah. friend. From oh, she's probably like, her, this is the worst. <laughs> she's so miserable, man. 
because she's such a she's such a sweetheart. She's an awesome person. She's one of the best people I've ever known in my life. And she's yeah. literally like she's not involved with all of this, man. She's yeah, a scientist out in California, living her life, raising her kid. And and she just found out late about this whole Karen term. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I I'm sorry. I, I didn't want to tell you about it earlier when I heard about it because I didn't want you to get all upset. Mm-hmm. But now it's like so overblown. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, I feel sorry for her, you know, because she's got the wrong name. For me, it's hilarious, but there are <laughs> other names that that that's used. Because it started in the African American community, and it's funny when I see white people use it, it, it blows my mind. And it's funny when they use it against a woman, and she's like, that's not my name. Why do you keep going? And she loses it. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life to see white America take it and run with it. <laughs> It, it, it's insane. I've really? never seen anything like this. Anyway, so I don't. I don't want to get too off topic here. So yeah, let, let's go back to the. Let's go back to the two percent. Like, it sucks. Yeah. The to yeah. to straddle to 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 elevate yourself to another socioeconomic class, regardless mm-hmm. of your race, but specifically if you're black, mm-hmm. it's super tough. It's a super mm-hmm. uphill battle. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about like okay, that's a, that's it's an identi- that's a, an identified problem. What mm-hmm. about solutions? Like how okay. do you go about okay. Perfect. Um, solution. So, and this kind of leads to, to the police reform. So, this is kind of a great transition into that. Oh yeah, we got um, a lot to talk know, about there. Yeah. So, police um, defunding police. Look, I, I don't like the term. I think it should just be called police reform. Yeah. And that's what it really is, and that's actually what's really happening. Um, yeah. Whoever came up with the defund police thing, that was a stupid look, terminology. You know, that's one thing about liberals: the way they name shit is the worst. Well, sometimes um, they get it right, and other times yeah. they, they totally fuck it up, and this was an example. Yeah. yeah. So what that looks like for me, it's different for, for everybody, and, and, mm-hmm. and which is proper. Every city and county across this country is doing their own thing, so that's happening. So it's not a blanket statement mm-hmm. for everybody. It's just saying things need to change. And a part of it is, for, for many of y'all, the police are overfunded. I watched the whole um, graph and chart and spending. I think it's damn near more than double than what it was in the 80s. That's a lot. Um, so the solution. Um, wait, wait, what's for, a lie? The, um, the budgets have gone up? Oh, no, I, that's, no, I didn't say it was a lie. It, it, um, I think it's, I forgot what I said, but I said it, it has doubled since the 80s, the spending on the police department in general. Oh, yeah. So the truth is, the, the budgets have doubled since. The- yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, apart, so before I even get to the police, the solution is funding education. Like you, you're talking about a, a presidency um, where they've cut funding by what, $250 million education budget in the U.S. They, they've cut. That's crazy. The U.S. is already behind. Well, what about uh, what about charter schools? Because I thought that's the whole push of the current administration is that they're trying to get no, it, a choice it, it, to choose their it, schools and not no, be limited it, to their geographic zone. It, there, it, it's BS. You know why? Why? Why would you give me that? Why would you allow a, a corporation or individuals to set up these charter schools uh, versus you just funding more into the public school system where teachers don't have to buy their own equipment, where class sizes could go from probably, I don't know, what, 35 or 45, whatever it is, to 10. Well, How about you just fund it there? Because there's, this, there's a notion that those schools already suck. Why give them the money? If it's, like, it's, like, it's like a plant. If I, if I have two plants, if I water one, 
give it the best nutrients and give it the best sun and pamper it. And it's gorgeous. And I'm like, oh, this plant's amazing. And I have a second plant and I don't do shit. I don't put it right, in the right, sun. Right. I don't water it. And I'm like, this plant is shit and about shit and can be shit. Yeah. That's what it is. That's actually what's happening. Part of the debate, though, is whether we're talking about privately run schools versus publicly run, right? So- I think, yeah, I think publicly, they all need to get proper funding. The reason why the reason why the the wealthy neighborhoods have the better schools is because there's a tax system that says if we ta- because we pay more taxes over here, we get more funding to our schools over here, which is wrong. That should stop. We don't do that for roads. We don't do that for bridges. We don't do that for, you know, the overall infrastructure of, of electricity. We shouldn't do it for schools. That's, That's unfair and, un- That's un- and unjust. That's it should be a universal, universal pot and every public school gets the same amount of money. So, so you think like within a state? Like within not federal, state. not with federal yeah, necessarily, but yeah, like state within it, within within a state. Then the feds should triple. The feds should be like, okay. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna triple the funding for education. For education and funding in the U.S. should at least be probably close to a billion. I, I'd rather take it from the military and, and, and put it into the education so that we can all thrive. The reason why China, I'm not China. Well, just China. Um, well, part. Well, that's a whole other story. I'd say uh, I think. Um, Korea, South Korea is actually a perfect example. South Korea wasn't thriving way back. Uh, I forgot the exact time period, but South South Korea tripled down on education and making uh, their uh, country a phenomenal um, country that w- of what it is now when it comes uh, when it comes to education and, and economics because they funded that institution. When you, how are you going to be a great nation when you're defunding education? How does that work? Yeah. I mean, education is, um, it's a really complex subject. I don't think it's as simple. It is though, because then you start talking about, well, what's the curriculum? Is the solution necessarily just throwing a lot of money at it? Not necessarily, you know? Well, you need to start there. You like when, when teachers, like I said, when class sizes are exorbitant and when teachers are buying their own equipment, when teachers aren't getting paid properly, like that's that's madness. Like you got your, your core fundamentals need to get fixed first. Let's let's well, fix that. Well, yeah, we yeah, also now, want to talk about like teachers' unions though too. And like I saw that documentary a couple of years ago, and it was talking about it, like there was footage of these teachers just like falling asleep in class or leaving the classroom. Uh, uh, absolutely, and absolutely. Look, with the look, teachers' look, union look, system, you're you, when things are federalized in that sense, it's kind of like look, that's the that's uh, why I, that's why I like the private sector in a sense because it's kind of like look. If you're a business, if you're performing, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to offer a good product to people. And it's kind of like the market corrects itself in that way. If you offer a shitty product, guess what? Mm-hmm. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to go buy your shitty product. Here, you know? Here's here's what I say to that. Because I, 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 I agree, but disagree. Your solution, I disagree with. Your, your, your issue, I agree with. I don't believe that there should be even a teacher's union. Okay. I don't believe there should be a policeman's union. I'll get on that next. But I'll start with the teachers. Mm-hmm. I think teachers, for pu- anybody working in the public sector, you're in the public sector. You don't need a union. There should, we should all just agree, hey, starting pay for teachers is $55,000 a year. It goes up adjusted for, uh, for inflation. Um, and if they don't perform, they're fired. And then we get somebody in. And that's it. They get their full and pay, their bonus, whatever, this, that, another. And that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Simple. Simple. Yeah. You don't need no union. 
You're not a private sector. You shouldn't be battling. We we have a clear understanding as a yeah. society. That so you, you and I are on the same sector. page about that, but that's that's yeah. tough to get that through. Like oh, the Demo- yeah, a lot true. of Democrats are not going to be for that. Of course, because they because they're they're a group that votes. Yeah, that's that, that's why. So, yeah. and so that so that's why. Um, but look, you know, I, I don't believe in band aids. Either you're going to fix it, or look, if, I don't I don't believe in band aids on bullet wounds. Either you fix it. Or you're gonna have problems down, or you're gonna kick that problem down the line. Period. I don't believe in a fake fix, whatever the hell it is. Right, right. Um, so that's for education. For police, here's the law. I'll try to do the long <laughs> list. Um, I do believe that policemen's union should be abolished once again for them. Starting pay per police officer, depending on what city and town or whatever the hell it is, is probably around seventy five thousand dollars. You need to go through a psychological evaluation test every year. Mm-hmm. You need to go through training for at least two years. You need de-escalation training as well. Um, we need to do a severe background check. You can have, you can have never been affiliated for any hate group at, at whatsoever. Yep. Um, you cannot have ever committed a crime. You need to have finished a high school education with a certain uh, GPA, probably at least a B average. You need to have finished college as well. Um, we, we're going to up it to that level. Um, you're, um, I'm trying to think what else. I wonder um, with that last one, I wonder if you're going to get enough lot. people who even want to be cops who have a college. Starting pay 75,000? Starting pay 75,000. <laughs> yeah. How much, how much are cops paid now? Do you know? Like the average. I think in New York, it's like 35, I think. What? Yeah. That's it? I, yeah. Because I think. The who would want to be a cop? For thirty five exactly. especially nowadays, don't everybody hates cops. Don't quote me, and I, I think I got that number from when I read the article about that woman <laughs> who was who graduated Harvard and became a cop. And I think they said her starting pay was like thirty five. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. So now, now we have this is this is fascinating. So now we got yeah. this. I'm with you on all of that mm-hmm. stuff for the police reform. Yeah. Now the problem yeah. is a lot of that stuff you're describing, and including if we want to pay police officers more. Yeah, that's the opposite of defunding the police, though. That's like now, more, now, giving now, more maybe, money into the group. Maybe, maybe. I got to see the books. Yeah, because, that's that's my other question: is yeah. all this money there? Where is it going? Okay, yeah. That's, so that's that, generally okay. my question about okay. everything, not just okay, the police. Exactly. It's the government, military, industrial complex, like everything. Exactly. Where does the money go? I have the exactly. same question about BLM, about Black Lives Matter. All these people donating millions of dollars. Where's the money going? Well, they're private, so they could do their thing. This is public. This is police. So I'm worried about that. You could do whatever hair you want to do in private. Police, it needs to be, So that's the other thing is a part of the police reform is how y'all spend your money government-wise, that's transparent. There needs to be a website where I can see what you're doing. Yeah. That's the other thing. Um, the, uh, on top of that, um, when it comes to uh, the money, is yeah, you get to see where it's going. So, okay, you're spending way too much money on military-grade equipment. No. That that's out of control. You know, this is this isn't this isn't Iraq. This isn't Afghanistan. Relax. If you do your policing right, we won't have any damn rights. Well, and that kind of, of equipment probably is only necessary even in a city like New York or LA. You know, we're exactly. talking about things like terrorist threats and you know Exactly. Exactly. You know. So 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 there's that financially is being fully transparent. I believe that there should be a citizen's review board. The DA should not be deciding if the if a cop who killed somebody it goes to trial or not. No, there should be a citizen review board of probably eight to 12 people elected by the, by the general public, uh, probably a two-year term, and that's it. That citizen review board gets a direct Dropbox or, or cloud link for all um, police body cams. 
So it goes to them first. They they get to hire or not hire, but uh, but fire police officers or charge them for a crime. That's it. Done. That solves the problem. Well, if it let's if it goes to if the it would still go to trial, like a normal It'll trial. It still go right? to trial, like, yeah. But, but they in terms of whether they keep their trial. job or, or their performance review like that, that would be handled by the committee. Uh, not if you, like, let's say, let's say something smaller where um, the police officer was caught selling drugs, but the the police um, chief didn't fire him. Then the police, then the review board's like, oh, no, no, no. He doesn't get to stay on as a cop. He's done. He's done. Both, both of them. The chief allowed it to yeah, I, yeah, I'd probably fire the chief too at that point if he's doing stupid shit like that too. Yeah, done. Then we get somebody else in, roll them out, done. <laughs> <laughs> so you, if you set up a system like that, now we good. Now we got checks and balances, and we can't we can't have the stunts happening elsewhere that we that we see, and that's a good start. Now the yeah. justice system is a whole nother. There's a bunch of things that's sc- really screwed up there. Okay, here's the other thing that I despise. This whole um, ticketing thing, parking tickets and and speeding tickets. This is this is the root of the problem. This is where Dude, all the this, drama. This is happens. revenue generation. Exactly. Yeah. That's the problem because yeah. if you're wealthy and you're white or whatever, that's easy. All right, whatever ticket I can write this ticket. But if you're a struggling family, that now nah, that's a problem. Right. You're hurting that family. Get your money somewhere else. Tax people more. Whatever sales tax. Whatever. Stop gouging. Struggling people. So that goes yeah. back to what I told you about with the um, Eric Holder's report of Ferguson. That's what they found out. They were extorting these, this African-American na- neighborhood for millions. They weren't even policing the white neighborhoods. They were extorting them for petty stuff. It wasn't, it wasn't heavy crime. It wasn't crack. It wasn't like uh, um, um, a cartel or anything. They were getting people over by petty shit that, and they couldn't afford. So that they, 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 but think about it, if, you make, if you miss your court date, another fee. Um, if you, if you, and, and then the longer it goes, uh, goes on, you, they, they, they rack it up. There's a whole documentary on it where it'll, it'll start from something like $50 by the time you're done, dude, it's like 5k. Yeah. It's like the same problem with credit card debt in this country. Yeah. Yeah. So, so eliminating stunts like that, you know? Um, so yeah, those are the things that I think are the solution. Like, like I said, there shouldn't be a policeman's union. You're, you're, you're a public servant. Senators don't have unions. Right. Mayors don't have unions. Yeah. We have a, the, the presidency has a. Well, a, a then what do you think about the concept of, of unions in general? Because like one of the things that always annoyed me is like Private. My, my entire career, I never got a bonus. I never got yeah. a bonus at the any any year. Meanwhile, when it comes time to tip my doormen, and when I have like twelve doormen in New York, no, I know, I know, I went it, through man. it. I, I, I like went through pay, it too. Pay this guy. Pay. I'm just paying them to do their job. I, I, I get it. Look, honestly, I, I don't think there should be a union, but certain things need to be set in place to, uh, before you eliminate a union. I get why unions exist. It's a, it's a Band-Aid on a bigger bullet hole wound. I think if you have a proper education system, you won't have this um, uh, set of America that's, that's struggling. You wouldn't have a, a division of America that's willing to take um, these low-paying jobs and getting dicked over. It, that, that's the formula. It's low-paying jobs where people get dicked over, so now they want a union to correct that. No. How about you all be so educated that you don't have to take those jobs? Well, I, 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 the interesting I, I, thing I, about that, though, is like, well, 
unless until we get to the point like uh, Yang always talks about, like yeah, where yeah. all those where all those jobs are automated by machines. Mm-hmm. Until we get to that point, somebody has to do those jobs. Not not really. Not Who, really. Who's going to work? Who's going to who's going to do all these jobs that nobody wants to do? Like okay, okay. Here, here's what actually happens. If nobody wants to take those jobs, guess what happens? You pay more, son. <laughs> you pay more. That's what you got to have to do. That's what happens when nobody wants to take those jobs. You now you got to pay more. Or find fucking. So we're outfit. talking about the dishwashers and the people who take out the trash and like. Yeah. Uh, if if nobody wants to take those, dude, what's going to happen? Gonna, you're going to have to pay more. <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, okay, so this, is an, this is an interesting thing because then this also brings us onto the subject of like uh, uh, the minimum wage, right? Like a uh-huh, uh-huh. Wage, like fi- uh-huh. raising it to fifteen dollars now. Mm-hmm. Isn't it also kind of indirectly a problem where if you make the minimum wage like fifteen dollars mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. flipping burgers at McDonald's, mm-hmm. isn't that a form of just keeping that person there in that job where they're like, "All right, I'm making enough flipping burgers. I have no mm-hmm. aspirations." You're just mm-hmm. keeping them in that mode of life, mm-hmm. as opposed to yeah. like, "Come on, let's get let's get." That's why I think it's fine for fourteen year olds and twelve mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to work at Burger King. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listen, like, okay, listen to what you said. It's a no stepping as- stone. It should be a stepping stone to like. Oh, well, okay, listen to what you said. No aspirations. You're assuming they don't have aspirations. They don't want to do that shit. They don't want to do that shit. Trust me, they'd much rather be in our shoes or, or better. The problem is, it goes back to what I said. If, you're, if everybody's educated, then yeah, only kids would do those jobs and then roll out. They don't want to do those jobs. I am for Andrew Yang's um, universal pay. I am for that. But why? Because that's how we get out of this in general. Phenomenal education, well, universal pay. I, well, well, I, would, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind UBI. Like, yeah. my, my, my whole thing is like, you know, I'll take $1,000 a month. But my, my whole thing is like, it's not going to solve the problem. So it's, no, what, no. what's going what's gonna to happen is I'm going to take my 1000 pay mm-hmm. off my mortgage and I'm like mm-hmm. sweet I don't have to worry about that and then yep. I like spend all my time hustling like we do mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. try to make more money and do more business and all that other stuff and the yep. problem is there's going to be people who take that thousand bucks they spend it mm-hmm. on lottery tickets they mm-hmm. go to the mm-hmm. casino mm-hmm. booze drugs alcohol mm-hmm. dicking around buy a big mm-hmm. 80 inch TV mm-hmm. it, like so Giving giving people a thousand bucks is not going to solve the problem because people make poor decisions. Well, okay, let me let me answer that because that's very a lot of conservatives say that. One, um, it's it's a combination once again the education and that it's not it's not one or the other. It's it's you need both. Period. Now, as for people dicking around, that's an assumption. It's it's a gross misrepresentation. Yeah, but come on, let's keep it real, man. Let's keep it real. You know. Oh, you know, well, well, give me a number. Give give me. Are you saying fifty percent will fuck up? Twenty percent? Whatever the percentage is. Okay. You know, there's gonna okay. be a lot okay. of people let's, out there who are not say, gonna make good say, use of that money. Okay. Let's let's say it's twenty percent. Let's say it's twenty percent. I really don't give a damn. If yeah, you, I don't. Why? I don't care either. I don't care either. Like why? That's why? That, why I'm saying why? selfishly, I don't care about UBI. It's like, look. If you're gonna give me a thousand bucks, I'll take a thousand bucks. That's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, but I'm gonna make good use of it myself. I'm just telling exactly. you, exactly. I'm gonna make point. better use of it than a lot of other people are. Exactly, and that's that's human nature in general. Like, yeah, there's gonna be people who screw up. Like, look, we got guns. Plenty of people killing out here, misusing it. We got TV. 
plenty of y'all just binging and not like studying or learning how to read or, or whatever it may be. We got cell phones, plenty of y'all just watching porn and goofing off on that, mm-hmm. you know, that we got clothes, a lot of y'all overspending on that. So why am I so, why is everybody so concerned on how they spend their money with that yeah, comes through? I, I think my you know? point here is that like, look, I'm all for opportunity, right? And I'm all for increasing the amount of opportunity that all Americans mm-hmm. have, regardless mm-hmm. of your race, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And we're, you know, we're agreed on that. We, of course, yeah. if the number is 2% to get out of the hood, of course we would want that number to be 5% and then 10%. Ah, man, I want it to be like 99.9. <laughs> I know, we want that eventually. It's not going to happen overnight is what I'm saying. Like, oh, oh, we, right, want it, we want that number to go up eventually to the point where... Here, here, here's the thing. Here's where things go south is because a lot of y'all have this mentality that... It, it'll eventually happen. What that means is that we can't have it now. It's going to take a million years. No, it can happen pretty soon because this is the difference between like a lot of even startup founders. Startup founders aren't doing this for uh, to build to build up a um, uh, a company that makes as they say one million a year. Hell no, we're in it for the billions. We're going big. So as a society, we need to go big. We I want that ninety nine. I don't don't come and have a conversation with me to have two percent go to seven. We I'll well, have a conversation how well, I'm. This is make where you and I like our personalities are different, and this is where I envy <laughs> yeah. you in some ways. Is because all along back in New York when we're entrepreneur, you're the dreamer, man. You're the big. That's why you're. I'm jealous of people like you in that sense because you're like you have it in your blood that entrepreneurial spirit. The, mm-hmm. the go big or go bro, you know, like all the way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I was raised very conserve like you know mm-hmm. very pragmatically mm-hmm. i think in terms of like progress and growth mm-hmm. and trends mm-hmm. like we're heading in the right direction mm-hmm. you know so that's the difference between you and me and mm-hmm. dude if what you're talking like dude if we could jump from that two percent to 99 percent like tomorrow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i am all for that you know mm-hmm. i am it's just i don't think it's possible or realistic that's what I, I, I think i think it is i think if you if you have UBI and you pump in the amount like insane money into the educational system, I'm telling you, it will change. It will drastically change. But not over not like in a year is phenomenal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. A year is phenomenal. <clears throat> but and there's proof of it. When the when the when the um when the soldiers came back from you know World War One and World War Two, the government gave those handouts and, and hooked them up and took care of them, and these phenomenal suburbs and neighbors neighborhoods popped up. It, it's it's possible. It there's plenty of evidence of it happening. You know now back to even um when when people get their money, let's say okay twenty percent goof off, screw it, it went back into the economy anyways. If they if they Double down on buying Cadillacs or whatever the hell. Great. Now that business is booming. Um, But most importantly, do you know, like, here's the math. Imagine you're um, a family that's only, there are plenty of families. I mean, there are, I think, below, I think what median household income was, what, 45,000? Do you know what? In a two-family home, dude, that's an extra $2,000 a month? Do you know what miracles that will happen in a family, in a household below $45,000 a year? It's going to work miracles yeah. in a household like that. It'll help. Miracles. Dude, miracles, I'm telling you. I'm talking about I, I get the right medicine now. I get uh, – that's another thing that needs to happen is universal health care. Or, or my kids get 
the proper books now. We could we could pay the light bill now. We could well, pay the water bill now. This is part of the problem. Act. We're we're not going to get into healthcare because that's a whole another beast. But yeah, yeah, exactly. But I do want to bring up this subject of like some of the things you're talking about is like mm-hmm. government handling this shit, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. wouldn't you and I agree? And if you did a poll, like Congress's rating typically is hovers around what, like 18% approval rating, like exactly. government politicians, they're lying, they're corrupt, they're bought and mm-hmm. sold, they're completely lying. They cater mm-hmm. to lobbyists and, you know, mm-hmm. financial interest groups. Mm-hmm. So why do we want to give them more power and control to solve our problems? Okay. So much corruption in government. They get all this tax money, and all this revenue. We don't even know what they're doing with it. And not to okay. mention, we do know they're doing with it, with military mm-hmm. industrial complex and all these foreign mm-hmm. wars and all mm-hmm. this. Like, mm-hmm. that's why I, I'm kind of more libertarian in my views is I believe in limited government because like I don't trust mm-hmm. I don't trust large institutions. I don't trust. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay, okay, okay. Get this. I'm gonna throw something back at you. Okay. Let's say I'm corrupt as fuck and I'm just as, I'm, I'm I'm bad. I'm 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 ruthless. I'm not transparent about my money. Would you do business with me? No. Okay. If that's how you feel about the government, would you not rather change that government? Or I'm assuming you'd want to just leave. Yeah, I'd be like, no, I I don't want to deal with you. I'm going to go over here. But when we're talking about the government, you don't have a choice. If they're controlling my health care, I'm like, well, I guess I got to go through the government, you know? Yeah, it's called voting. I don't don't want it where we're privatizing everything. I'd much rather... Um, like, now we're getting into voting to solve problems. So then we start talking about like, oh, if you vote Democrat, all of a sudden the problems are going to go. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Republican. All the problems are going to go. Nope. I'm I'm talking about locally. I'm not even talking about federally. I'm talking about you got to get you got you got to win locally first on a lot of things before you even can tackle federal. It it could be done. But you got to start locally. That's okay. a problem. Everybody thinks they can skip all the way to federal. Nah, you got to kind of. Yeah, but when we're talking about before. federal budgets and all the taxes we pay, you know, federally and all that stuff, it's like, so you would agree then, right? We should limit the power of the federal government, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Y- yes, but um, solve it uh, locally first. Like, yeah, like, I'm, like, I'm all about get, local get, solutions, man. Yeah, yeah, get, get, yeah. That's how you win. Get your local government to be transparent financially about everything. Get that solved first. Then you can eventually tackle the federal. Because that's it's kind of like legalizing marijuana. Once you get it to like in Colorado, now it becomes California, now it becomes this, now it becomes that. It's, a, it's, it's, it's an ongoing um, um, effect. That's how you get it on a federal level. I do agree with you, but I, no, I what? No, I actually don't. I I don't want it where give them less money, but I, I don't trust how they're going to spend it. If it's transparent, now I know how you spent it. Now, now we could all be like, "What the hell, dude? You spent how much on what?" Okay, even taxing. So the big debate between um, uh, income inequality for me, like I, I think the issue isn't tax the rich more. Actually, look. look Yes, the, t- the rich are getting over. Could they get taxed more? Yes. That ain't the real issue, though. The real issue isn't, yes, the government should get more money. The real issue is, how the hell are you assholes spending this? That's the real issue. I'm not worried about the rich paying more money into this. That's not who... 
How the hell are you spending your right. money? So the money that's already in the system could be much better allocated. We will no, all agree you, on that. When, it's not, a matter, dropping, it's no, not a matter of generating more on, revenue by taxing exactly, people harder. Exactly. Yeah. Right. When you're dropping billions on warplanes that you don't even use, oh, hell no. Uh-uh. We, we got a major issue. Yeah. And that's the problem. When, 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 when elections go and it's about abortion and other stupid things versus, hold up. You spent how much billions on what war machine and what was the return on investment for that? <laughs> yeah, we got a conversation. We, we need to talk. Right, right. No, I love we that. I love, I love putting that in business terms, you know, like what's yeah. the ROI on that shit? Yeah. 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 Seriously, so yeah. We, we, we did a trillion dollar war with Iraq. What did we get out of this? Yeah. Do you know what our schools could have been phenomenal? Yeah. What? Yeah. That, could, that could have been for the next 20 years, no income tax and nobody needs to pay income tax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that could have been free education for everybody. We could have yeah. been balling. Yeah, man. What were you over there for? Oil? We could build solar power plants. Like what? Yeah. So you and, I, I mean, <laughs> you and I are on the same page about this. And I think if you ask a lot of Americans, either whether mm-hmm. they're Democrat or Republican, uh-huh. a lot of them would actually agree with what we're talking yeah. about here. Because I think yeah. this, it transcends party lines. And it's really more about like, if you did a poll of every American and you said, would you like to see more transparency in our government? I would yeah. reckon it would be at like a, a, a 99. 99.9. Yeah. I would hope it would be 100%, but there's mm-hmm. probably some douchewads out there that would vote and say, mm-hmm. no, I don't want more transfer. I don't know. But, yeah, you know, so, and yet all of these things that we're talking about seem almost common sense. Like, you know, we want more transparency. We want the mm-hmm. money to be used better. We don't mm-hmm. want foreign wars that, that don't mm-hmm. benefit Americans and don't really, really, Mm-hmm. You know, like we're creating more terrorists out there abroad. You exactly. know, bombing the Middle East all the time. So exactly. But the problem here's here's the root of the problem that I ultimately see is it's back to selling all of the all of us. It, it can't happen overnight. It's 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 so difficult. It's this. It's that bullshit. If we could get Google and Facebook and cyber optics and five G and Put people on a on a on a on a on a moon. Stop it! But, Stop but a it. lot of that stuff you're describing is in the private sector, though. You're talking about Google no, no, and but, Facebook but, but, and all but that it, stuff. But I'm just talking about innovation in general. Yeah, all of that in the private I'm, sector. Yeah, but no. What I'm saying is that's what they did on the private sector. All we're asking for is policy change. We didn't ask you to build like a, a, a UFO that could bend space time and go to another universe. We're just asking <laughs> for basic policy change. <laughs> yeah, but it's part. But but it doesn't. Why does it not happen, though, man? It doesn't happen because, because the general public has a belief that it's too hard, too difficult to get it to happen. So what happens is your politicians, both Republican and Democrat, uh, and Democrat, sell you on too hard. We we got we got to play the long game. No, gotta, I, gotta, I disagree. Man. Play, I I think the man, problem is that the system itself is so fundamentally broken. And what you have is Democrats making promises to Americans, Republicans making promises to their base. They all get elected. Nothing fucking happens. Like it's all, it, it's, exactly. all it's all bullshit. Like, yeah, you know, they're just pandering and. It is. But think about it. They're, they're making that promise. Then when they get in and they don't do it and you get mad, guess what they say? It takes some time. We got to go for the low, 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 low hanging fruit. It's, it's this, it's that it's bullshit. That's what it, I'm t- think about it. I, Every single time they make you the promise, they get in. 
you 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 don't get what you want, and they're like, well, I had to battle with the Republicans, and I yeah. just had to give in. Right. We both agree. The system is. This is what I mean by the system is broken. Politicians are not getting jack shit done. It, it, it could be fixed if we hold their feet to the fire. Now, the other flip side is 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 um is news and media. They suck too. Yeah, because yeah. they they they're supposed to be the ones ripping um, politicians a new asshole they daily. Don't, no. all, they all, don't. It's, all it is is partisan. Left attack, exactly. right, right attack, exactly. left. That's all it is. Exactly. All they do is is pander and just well, you know, they're going to give a campaign campaign money to advertise on our network, so we got to be nice. It, now, the independent ones that I find online, they they rip a new asshole. They have a field day mm-hmm. with it. The yeah. CNNs and all the stuff that the majority of America still watches, it's pandered. It's it's yeah. a joke. So that's the real. That's the yeah, CNN, it, it, MSNBC, Fox News, all of Washington, oh, were, Washington Post owns but owned by uh, um, Amazon guy. You know, yeah, Bezos. Yeah, Jeff, it's like Bezos, dude, yeah. all these media companies are owned by the same like five you know conglomerates. Exactly. If they were ripping these politicians a new one, a lot of this would change really fast. But they don't. Change. They don't. And <laughs> so, that's what I'm so saying. Like, nothing changes, are, man. Nothing changes. Yeah. I know. Americans are misinformed, so that's why you have the lack of change. That's yeah. that's what it is. So, um, so yeah, that's it's a cycle, you know. But look, we got internet. We we got to get more informed. It sucks. Like, look, if you my here's my core belief: if these things that I say cannot happen, then me personally. I might decide to roll out. Like maybe Costa Rica is where I should be. Maybe Ghana is where I should be. Because if the, uh, once again, I don't believe in the Band-Aid on the bullet hole. I believe in fixing it. Well, when you say that though, do you mean like the system is so broken for other people in America that it disturbs mm -hmm. you so much that you would rather go to Costa Rica and Ghana? Uh, Yes, yes, yes. But why not just stay here if you're doing fine here? No, uh, because see, because I'm not selfish. I'm not an asshole. Yeah, but I, I, what's the difference between you living in LA, surfing on the beach there, versus living in Costa Rica, because because then I could be an invested in a in, in a society that cares. I want to be invested in a society that cares. So you would become Some, like a Costa Rican citizen or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I want to be in a in a system where. We're together. We're making some great things happen. I don't want to be up in my mansion surfing, chilling, and saying "fuck you" to everybody. I don't want to do that. That's not who I am. I, I want to be invested with a group that cares. Because I remember, remember, I'm from Nigeria, and, and a part of my issue with Nigeria is I always said I'll invest in Nigeria when I, in Nigeria invests in, in itself. When the government cares, I'll I'll, I'll jump in. And when I see America becoming a country uh, that has become a country or in probably always has been a country that doesn't care, then, okay, maybe I should be somewhere else because I'm watching coronavirus hit and other nations are getting universal health care, universal pay. Um, They're being taken care of. They have their PPP. They have all, all these things taken care of. They're taking care of the people here. I'm just like, wow, y'all really, wow, okay, all right, thanks for letting me know. Thanks for letting me know. Y'all, y'all, y'all two fucks given. Mm. 
Two fucks so given. This leads into this one question that I think we can address pretty quickly because we're already kind of talking about it. But it's like, um, how does this fit in with your view of the American identity? Like, let's talk about what we each think about this country, both sort of mm-hmm. as observers of what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we know it's got a bloody, awful history, but we mm-hmm, can talk mm-hmm. about wh- what it is today and mm-hmm. what it could be and the mm-hmm. future that we would like to see it be. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about that out there, the country, but let's also, let's also talk about like how we identify ourselves, like mm-hmm. in terms of what what being an American means to you or me. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's mm-hmm. go there. Yeah. So you know, I'm you know coming to this country. You know, you fed the land of opportunity. This, that, and other. You know, you could get ahead. Everybody can make it. Everybody can become rich. And there's elements of that. You know, if you if you go through the right portals and if you're connected to the right people and you have the right education. Um, over the years. I have been closely observing. I remember in the 80s, this whole um, anti-communism thing. And as a kid, I remember thinking, well, why does the fuck do I care how you govern your nation? As long as I'm good over here, who cares if that's how you operate? So this, this, this globalism, this, 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 this world power, that, that never sat well with me. It sat well with a lot of people. Everybody loved it. We're number one. America's the best country. Da, da, da. I never sat well with me. Mm. There's now you're a dictator of the world now? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It Did seems like see, that's what you you're see, saying. You ever see Team America? Uh, no, yeah, yeah. The, the, the puppet <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. You know that. So, so that never sat well with me. Yeah. Why, why, you're, you're just gl- like global power now? Yeah, you have influence, but we're all influenced. I mean, your music don't come from America. That's that's that hip hop comes from Africa and Caribbean. Your 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 goods are made in China. You know, like you know, um, your well, your top hip hop comes from like African Americans. African Americans, but where do you think that beat and that 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 rhythm and all that comes from? You know, it, the African heritage. You know, so you have to, and of course, uh, evolved and changed through the experience in America. So, so my thing is, you know, so, so it's changed over the years of, okay, what the hell's going on? So then we get into the era of, you know, terrorism, you know, of, of constantly going to war. And like I said, what's the ROI on this? Why are you over there? Yeah. There's a lot of money, be- trillions. Yeah, what is going on here? Dude, you know all this, all this. It's this is like all this money is going into very few pockets. We know that. Yeah, you exactly. Know. Of course, and all that starts to come out. Yeah. Now, then, fast forward till now. You know, I'm I'm a grown man. I'm starting my compass, doing my own thing. And what I here's what I ultimately have come to the conclusion of. It's fucked up, but this is the conclusion. America's a corporate corp, corp, Autocracy, I, I yeah, struggle corp- saying. Corporatocracy. Yeah. Yeah. And what's happening is they're in charge, they're running things, they're having a field day. And America's like this this um cookie jar or or this 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 yeah. pit of money. And they're just they're draining it. Yeah. They, they don't give a fuck how much pollution there is. Yeah. They don't fuck who who gets hurt. Who who they dies in all these wars. Who dies in the process, they would drain it. Get this money, get it, yeah. get it. Fuck them, fuck everybody, get it, get it as quick as possible. And if it burns to the ground, fuck it. We got over our money overseas, anyways. 
and we got mm-hmm. our offshore homes, we got our, our villas elsewhere. Fuck it. That's what I see. Yeah. That's what is plain. It's, the motherfuckers ain't even hiding it anymore. They ain't even hiding it anymore. So I've come to the conclusion, I'm like, well, shit, if once again, y'all don't care, maybe I shouldn't care either. Maybe I, like, about uh, Sort maybe, of this national pride of being an American, you mean like that? I don't care about I that. I never even cared about that either. I was always more global. You know what I'm saying? Let's be honest. All I, like, I, New York is amazing. California is amazing. Middle America. I'd much rather be in Mexico, to be brutally honest. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I just looked up statistics yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. Three out of the top four cities in the world, the mm-hmm. highest murder rate is in mm-hmm. three of the top four cities are in Mexico. I'm sure. I was like, cartel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. When you said Mexico, well, though, you want to go to Mexico. Well, and, well, you know, that's like saying, you know, I don't want to go to the U.S. because there's high crime in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? You could be in LA, you could be in other parts of the country. And Mexico is massive. It's just as big as the United States. So, um, or hell, no one got to be mad at that. I'd much rather be in Costa Rica than than Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Montana. You know what I'm saying? It's like, there are far more phenomenal places on the planet to to be living. so, and we, we, we're the best. Your education's garbage. Mm-hmm. 78% of Americans live check to check. There's no universal health care. I think um, no more than what, I think 50% of Americans have more than what, $1,000 in a bank? Right. But you the best? Yeah. <laughs> Define best then. Yeah. Somebody, what, what, you eat the most hot dogs? Define the best. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, 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 so that's, that's what it ends up being for me, you know? And so it goes yeah. back to if the things I listed can't happen, like, look, I mean, if you're, if you're an American, if you're an American citizen, right? You're not an entrepreneur, you're not going for the ghost. So you're, look, you're just trying to live and survive and enjoy life, right? If that's truly who you are, I'd be straight up honest with you. You may seriously consider leaving this nation. See, well, I mean, part of the problem, I, I, I hear you. I agree with what you're talking you about. Can, part of the problem is, yeah, we don't live in a world system where you can just be like, you know what? I'm just going to go be a citizen of, you know, bet, uh, Finland. Bet. You know, it doesn't work that way. Exactly. Now, that's what, that's what I'm saying. If you can. So if you have Finnish roots or Dutch or whatever, or, if, or, or look, Ghana has uh, um, um, what's it called? A uh, uh, whole birthright thing with uh, similar to what Israel has for but for African Americans. <clears throat> you know, there's a huge tech hub bubbling up over there. There is opportunity that's bubbling now, not for everybody, <clears throat> but it's 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 bubbling and it's getting bigger. So there, it's it's, it's there's op- there is ways for people <laughs> like. To, to, to make it happen. It is possible. That's, a, that's only if you have sort of an ethnic connection. With not, one of those no, not necessarily. Right? You, you could, there are, like, I think Costa Rica, you could do it. It takes time. Mexico, you could do it. I think um, other South, Central and South American. And it wouldn't be a dual it. citizenship. You would have to renounce being an American. No, no, no. Only, only I think France re- makes you renounce. And not that many countries make you renounce. You can't be a part of China, but I don't think any of us are rushing to be, you know, 
Chinese funny. citizens. I just uh-huh. had a friend who just moved to China, and mm-hmm. you you know who he is, but I'm not going to mention his name now. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. tell you later. Yeah, yeah. but um, so so yeah, so it's possible for a vast majority. Yes, um, I think for a vast majority, where you're going to struggle is financially. It's a luxury to do what I'm saying. It is mm-hmm. a luxury. Um, you do need to have Yeah, another friend of mine was telling me, because we were talking about Sweden, and I was kind of like, man, I'd love to move to Sweden right now. And he was yeah. like, yeah, but, you know, you got to have a lot of money. You got to have a lot of, like, you know, they're going to yeah. view. He, yeah. he told me, well, at least you went to a good school, so like, I would have a better chance. But mm-hmm. but the other thing yeah. is, like, a country like Sweden, it's so expensive to live there. So it's like, you know. No, I think, I think once you're – you're going to make comparable pay. They, the Swedish government or the Swedish society isn't sitting there bland. We're going to pay you nickels, but your housing is going to be through the roof. Mm-hmm. That's not how they operate, you know? So, so yeah, I mean, that's my thing is there, there are other nations that I do deem is better that where you're going to live very comfortably. You're going to be taken care of. It's going to be nice and it's going to be safe. Um, they all vary and not all of y'all can make it into all those various nations. I do think, especially now with COVID, many should give it a thought. Canada is an option. Um, now, depends on what you do and what your opportunities are. Hey, we're in an era where you don't got to work from being in an office. Maybe you do have the job here in the U.S., but you're in an, another nation. All depends. Yeah. So that, that's my overall take on it is, you know, and then, yeah, I'm, I was never for you. When I hear USA, USA, all I hear is KKK, KKK. <laughs> that's, that's what it sounds Dude, like to you, anybody. You should, listen, you should listen to my uh, July 4th Independence Day podcast episode because mm-hmm. I said something kind of very similarly, but I was just like, yeah. I, and, I'm, and, not, I'm not that super patriotic USA, USA guy. And, 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 and it, just, it just oozes white supremacy, white nationalism. You know, it doesn't take into account of I mean, you're great because of other cultures. You know, you're great. You're great. Your your music is is hip hop. You know, yeah, I mean, well, that that is what makes that is what makes America. I agree. Like that is what makes America great. Look at your basketball teams. (laughs) Like your football teams. Like your entertainment. You know, it's like yeah, like like this 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 over nationalism. It's just it's just crazy. You know. I don't know. I was, I was never about that. I, I'm, I'm more, you know, globalist in the sense I want to see other cultures. I want to experience other people's life, life, life and understand who they are. You know, this we the best thing, I, I, I don't get it. You know, it's, I feel like it stems from deep insecurity. You know, like, yeah. what's this? We, we got to be better than somebody. Really? We're on one planet. Yeah. And it's getting smaller. It <laughs> is. Know? I mean, obviously, like, you and I haven't really lived abroad i mean i lived in germany for six years here and there in my life mm-hmm. but but we haven't really recently lived in a country for a long period of time but i'd be curious because in my head i have this impression that usa like america is one of those countries where we're the only ones going around being like we're number one yeah only. i feel like other countries are like why are you going on about that like it's, it's, it's like america's the frat boy of of nations <laughs> like it's <laughs> truly the frat but, boy of nations yeah it's like if you think about it it's like is it really a competition you know? yeah right uh, you know it's like well, I, why does it need to be there's yeah. plenty of food plenty of water plenty of air relax like yeah. or, unless you're about to invade another nation relax 
Yeah. Unless you're like straight up, you know, we're going to take over Canada next. We got this. If that's not truly what you're going to do, relax. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Save it for, for World Cup and the Olympics. <laughs> right. You know? Obviously, yeah, World Cup and Olympics. And it is about like, hey, we're number one. Yeah, right that's fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, right. In general, it should be. Save it for that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it's weird, man. Like this, this shit is so complex because I'm like, in some ways, I don't like to use the term globalist because that has a different connotation to it. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I hear what you're saying in terms of like respect for all people and we're all human. We're all global citizens in that sense. You know, we're all human beings. We're all unified in that sense. I, I'm all for that. But, and you don't have a choice. Like when you when your when your food and goods come from another nation, right? Really? You're really? You you can't make it. You get it from somewhere else, but you're gonna talk shit to them? How does that work? Yeah. But like I, I think like, where where I have a problem though is when we start to talk about like um illegal aliens, right? So like people coming into this country illegally mm-hmm. and, and getting certain benefits and healthcare. And like, that's the problem when the- Are they? Like- No, but that, that's part of the platform. Like during the democratic debates and they asked them like, would you give free healthcare to all these illegals? And they were all like, yep, raising their hands. And I'm like, whoa. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Here's you know, my, okay. Here's my thing, my take on immigration. <clears throat> It ain't that serious, to be quite honest. I, I, I am not sold that illegals, quote unquote, are over here causing so much of a ruckus that I'm worried. Like, really? Re- like, wh- they're taking our jobs. Really? Well, so they're the line gr- to pick strawberries? Yeah, like, I agree really? with you in the sense of it's a kind of a sinister issue because what it ends up being, in my opinion, I think it's like a lot of these people smuggle in white nationalism. They get in here illegally. They take the jobs nobody else wants, and they basically get shit wages. And it's yeah. the rich, the richer people, probably mostly rich white people, who pay them. Yeah, not profiting from it. Yeah, right. So the whole thing is really fucked up. You know, no matter what angle you look at it, you know, it's people. Yeah. You know, but then it's kind of like, well, it also is like, well, why do these people are so? Why are they so desperate to get into America? That must mean they're fleeing from some really shitty. Yeah, you know, their own country is shitty. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's such a multivariable, you know, problem. I agree with you in the sense of like it's not like the illegals are the number one problem with our country. Like, yeah, that, that, that's the last thing not, on the list. Right, certainly not. It's the last you healthcare, job opportunity, the economy, the, the your roads or bridges are absolute shit. There's like I think a rating of like I think they said there are hundreds of bridges that are just unsafe. Y'all shouldn't even go on them. But you're worried about illegal immigrants? Get priorities, people. But here, here's, priorities. The thing. here's the thing. Rewinding back to 2008 and Obama and Biden getting elected, they had a Democratic Congress, Democratic mm-hmm. presidents, all that. Mm-hmm. They, I remember all the speeches, man. Infrastructure and the way Obama does it. We're going to do infrastructure. We're going to improve mm-hmm. this country. We're going to uh-huh. raise things up. We're going to uh-huh. put people back to work. Green jobs. We're going to improve uh-huh. the economy. Solar. All uh-huh. of that talk. With a, We're going to have health care. We're going to, like, all of that. And we all bought into it. I bought into it. I voted for Obama. Uh-huh. Like, we're all uh-huh. sipping uh-huh. the Kool-Aid. Uh-huh. <clears throat> shit, shit didn't change. Shit didn't get done. I, I think, from what I remember from those days, especially with Boehner um, running, um, was it the Senate? 
what was Boehner in charge of? I think it was the Senate, right? Probably the Senate, yeah. Yeah, then, yeah, shit ain't happening. <laughs> when Boehner, and then when the Republicans are saying, like, look, you gotta understand when Obama became, got in charge. The Democrats had a lot of power then, though. Nah, not, not as much as you think they did. Compared, to how, much, much you think. compared to how much power Trump has? Yeah, Trump, no. Trump. I mean, is is he really making that that many policies even go through? It's little stupid stuff. You yeah, know, I mean, that's the thing. Then we start talking about our whole political system. How important is it, even who the president is? Or like, it's like it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about the whole system is yeah. fundamentally flawed. I like the sense yeah. that we have checks and balances, so mm-hmm. we don't end up with a dictator with all the power. But no, I think the the, the biggest problem during Obama, Obama's presidency was. The, the Republicans still had enough power, power to block a lot of stuff. That was one. Two, Obama and, and Biden are from the era of bipartisanship. I don't believe in bipartisanship at all. It's what got us here. I, I Have you ever read the book, um, Never Split the Difference? No. You should definitely check it out. It, it breaks it down. Bipartisanship is is um is you're ultimately settling whenever you're negotiating deals, and whenever you settle, you you're ultimately not getting. And settling is Obi, wear the um black shoes, and then you you want me, uh, I want to wear the black shoes, you want me to wear the brown. Settling is I want wear one brown, one white, right? Or or one black, one one brown. It's, it's stupid. Nobody's happy. I look ridiculous. Right. That's what's happening right now in our government. There's a lot of that. And it leads to nobody being happy. Yeah. At all. You know, like, okay, let's say we go super conservative. Fine. Let's be conservative. That means stop spending so much on the military then. Yeah. How about, how about, how about we double down on infrastructure and improve? Yeah. Think, if you want to think like a businessman, okay, think like a businessman. How about you reinvest in your infrastructure? <laughs> It'll create jobs. It'll do this. But they don't even believe in this stuff. Yeah. I mean, when you sure, they don't do this stuff. It's spending under Republican presidencies. It's like, mm-hmm. it's out of control. Just this idea. It's an ideal of limited government, but it really doesn't play out that way. So it never plays out that way. It's ridiculous how they. And I watched the 13th, right? The documentary, right? On Netflix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see the timeline and you see how, whether it was. Uh, Bush Sr., whether it was Clinton and all the, mm-hmm. those laws that were passed under his administration that made mm-hmm. it even worse for blacks mm-hmm. being um, And then under Obama, it's like, dude, mm-hmm. the incarceration rates have been going up and up and up. Like, that's why I'm saying, man, the system is so fucked up. Yes. When you say voting, and I granted, you, you qualified it by on a local level there, but yeah. like, when we're talking about like senators and congressmen and like the president and all that, it's like it, it, it eventually gets there. I mean, you get a start on your roof. It doesn't matter in a sense, you know. It's like the problems are still there, and and they're going to continue to be there. That's why I'm kind of like I believe more in the, in the private sector in the sense where I believe in individuals going out there and making a difference in the world, right? So when now, you what get, does that mean though? Like, like how does that play out? Like me, like there's a guy who he got rich and he got the hell out of there and went into a white neighborhood. He didn't try to use his clout and power to actually improve his hometown where he came from, you know. But so, those, so that you're saying you're saying do more of that. 
Yeah, I'm all for like, you yeah. know, grassroots organizations and like private yeah. companies. Like think about like the business you're in and what I'm oh. you're more way more entrepreneurial than I am, but you identify a market, you identify a need, a problem, and then you seek to solve that problem. And that's how you're going to thrive as a business. You know, you're going to offer a solution to a problem in a way that's better than every other company that's tried to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that is the private sector. That's how it, that's how business works. That's capitalism. It, so, it is, but like you're, you're kind of stating a scenario that rarely actually happens. You know, it's not like Bezos is actually out there, you know, um, tearing down projects and building affordable housing for people, you know? Yeah, but that's um, not the problem that he set out to solve. He has solved true. the problem that he set out to solve. True, and he's, true, he's but, profiting all the way to being the, one of the richest men in the world doing that. He doesn't give a fuck about like the well-being of inner city black community. That's not his, that yeah, was not the yeah. problem he set out to solve. Exactly, which I, which I get. Now, problem is, is who's going to, if you're, if you're relying on a private sector to do that, who the hell's got the money, the capital that's going to swoop in and do that? That's why I believe it's, it's, it's government. Like, that's why when I see other nations do it right, that's why I'm like, either you do that or I'm going to rethink being a, a part of the contract signed here. Because I signed a contract here that says equal justice for all and we're going to take care of each other and scale and grow in a, a political system that's fair. If you're kind of shifting away from that and we can't get it back, then I think I may have to go. I don't live forever. I will die someday. Mm-hmm. I think I, I may have to, if you can't get it together, I may have to roll out. I get that. Not everybody is going to have that luxury. A lot of y'all are going to have to start thinking about that. It's either we go hard in one fail swoop and try to really get it right, or we're, we we do south. Yeah, man. There, there, we've covered a lot of ground, and there's so many things I yeah, want to talk to you about. But, but let, let, let's just touch on this subject. Right yeah, it's mm-hmm. so important because, in terms of the change that we want to see, like, where do you see Black Lives Matter fitting into that? And do you think the changes that are happening in the country right now, with all of the rioting and protesting and looting and violence and uh, blue flu and you know, defund the police mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. the tonality and white people getting mm-hmm. on their knees and black people telling mm-hmm. them to do that and videoing it. And with all of this shit going on, do you feel mm-hmm. like this is good and we're heading in the right direction or is this just mm-hmm. like a total clusterfuck? That's just like, um, I think we're definitely heading in the right direction. Um, there's still a tremendous amount of work to be done with a lot of the policies and everything I just said. <clears throat> um, do I think it's going to get there? God, I don't know. Uh, I'm not. I think the, the plan B is probably more likely um, to happen. I hope I'm wrong. You mean you I going hope. to Costa Rica? That's plan B. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, ha- I still have my villa in, in Venice uh, Beach um, in New York. But uh, I think there's just so much work to be done. I think the bigger issue, uh, my biggest skepticism is is white america will white america get educated enough um there's just so much i think white america doesn't understand i think it, does, it most white people don't understand the history of america a lot of black people don't know fully but they still know way more than most of white america and that's that's the problem i've talked to a lot of white people who are like man i didn't even know about any of this stuff i didn't you even you i didn't know about redlining 
These things, not knowing these things matter in these debates. But why? Because it leads to the solution. That's where we're going to really, yeah, okay, cool, police killing black people and killing people in general is wrong and these things need to change. The minute you start talking about change and what needs to happen, that's where we start going, d- dividing. Because, you know, I have one friend, he's on there, he's like, he's all, he was, he was in the marches in New York and everything, where he disagreed is defunding the police. What he doesn't understand, what, because, you know, the slogan sucks, is each city, county, state is going to have a different system. Some should definitely defund the police and pump it into education. Some of y'all should pay the police more, but have stricter regulation, for sure. Um, and overall, we need to see the books, you know? So, yeah, that I, I think it's going in the right direction. Uh, it's going to be a rocky direction it's going. It's it's going to be messy. It's going to stumble a bit. Um, will it get to where it should be? Should, <coughs> I don't know. I mean, if I had to gamble, I'd probably say no. Yeah. <coughs> I, I hope it this works is coming, out. This is coming from the dreamer. This is you. You're the you're the. I, I, yeah. I mean, look. Maybe when I my company blows up, maybe I make some multi millions. Maybe I'll change my tune and throw some money and invest in into Black Lives. I mean, I know there's a whole thing where they should be more of a political um, group or with a lobbyist and go in that direction. I remember um, the <clears throat> Bob Johnson. Uh, was saying that, but I'm like, instead of telling Black Lives Matter that they should be um, a lobbyist, how about you throw some money into their pocket so they can be a lobbyist? I mean, I think there's a lot of people kind of talking and just just do it, you know, make it really happen versus giving advice from the sideline. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's my take on that. All right. Um... Yeah, my brain is getting a little fried here, so yeah, yeah I, I got to eat dinner now. So yeah, yeah, same. Let me, let me wrap this up here. So yeah, um, this was great. Thanks for coming on. I feel like uh, we covered a lot of ground here today, and I think yeah, yeah, it's fun. I'd love to have you back on at some point, like down the road, where we can. Uh, God knows, like what's going to happen between now and the next time we reconvene. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm sure we'll be able to talk about the new chaos. Uh, the uh, bubonic plague. Did you hear about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so. What they're saying? Well, I mean, look with the homelessness <laughs> out here. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, I think they quite literally said that that's kind of fl- um, building up within the homeless community. That's uh, that's building up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how. Well, that's how it started. Piss and, and dirtiness in yeah. the streets and, and a bunch of people together. And yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, we have that wonderful joy to look forward to to discussing next time. Yeah. All right, man. This has been great. I hope this has been enlightening for you. The Introversion Podcast is on its way, but we've obviously got a long way to go to get to where we want to be getting to. I will certainly be doing my part in cranking out new episodes every week, but here's where you come in. If you haven't yet done so, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening on. That way you can obviously get notified as soon as new episodes arrive. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please, please please give a five-star rating. It just takes a second and it will empower the Introversion Podcast to rise up and conquer the suppression of algorithms that would otherwise crush this fledgling podcast into unknown oblivion. So yeah, please leave a rating and even better, an actual review.
Just a few words expressing what you dig about the podcast. Honestly, would mean the world to me and would really help provide the motivation to keep this baby growing. Also, I'd love to hear from you at any time. Comments, questions, or if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, send an email to podcast at introversion.com. You can also connect with me on social media. I am Jay Caslow. That's J-A-Y-K-A-S-L-O on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, pretty much wherever. I really want the Introversion Podcast to be something special. Raw, informative, entertaining, experimental. Inconceivable. Enlightening, therapeutic for you and me. Let's keep the conversations going about a range of topics that affect us all. Let's rise above all the hate and sickness and sadness and strife that plague this world. Let's seek to better understand each other and ultimately live our best lives. Seriously, let's do this thing. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.